0: Edition of the Michael Deacon program. I look forward to once again serve you those sounds of salvation. First time listeners turn on, tune in, and drop out. This is a very different kind of show. A place where we don't feel so alone. Let us chase away the light no matter what you at home choose to believe. I do admire you for your curiosity. Live and direct right now, and under very, very strange circumstances, we have Mr. Jim Fetzer here live and direct currently on the road as we speak right now this is very dangerous and of course we do have another very special guest mr mike hideous let's bring him in mr mike hideous are you out there
1: hello michael deacon yes i am
0: what's up my friend how are
1: you i'm doing all right um it's uh great to be here and um Thank you so much. Uh, This is technically my first night as your co-host. And uh, this is sort of a momentous minute for me, or shall we say hour, two hours?
0: Well, Mike, you sort of already have given away the secret.
1: Oh, damn it. You should have told me. I wouldn't have said anything.
0: You ruined it already.
1: (laughs) Well, short I'll make it short. Basically, uh, you know, Michael asked me if I would I would do some co-hosting with him on the show and I accepted. I've been wanting to do this now for for about 3 years and tonight is my official my official co-host night. So, much thanks to you, Mr. Deacon.
0: We will definitely go over that once we are done with this interview. I have lots to say to you.
1: Excellent. Looking forward to it.
0: Right on. Let's bring in Mr. Jim Fetzer. It's been a while. Only a few weeks. In my mind it's been a while. Uh, Jim, what's going on? Can you hear me?
2: <laughs> well, well, what's astonishing is that this uh, this new 2020 Titanic, known as the Democratic Party, is headed for a massive iceberg because the <sighs> captain is brain damaged. He's it's, oh it's so bad, Michael, that they are arranging for the candidate, he and Bernie, to be seated at the debate in Phoenix here, and only to have questions coming from the audience, which are obviously going to be softballs. I guarantee 100% they're going to have Biden connected to a microphone. They're going to have him talk very slowly and deliberately so he can repeat just the words he's told to say. And they're now limiting his stump speeches to seven minutes. He's making so many gaps. It's so obvious. I mean, I'm finding a dozen articles by people who are alarmed about the fate of Biden's mental competence, And it's just astonishing because Democrats keep endorsing him. I mean, you had right after... Uh, South Carolina, which was, you know, this was a, a fraud. He had a five point lead over Bernie the week before and then he winds up with a thirty point lead that can only be for massive manipulation by Google for Dr. Robert Epstein testified to Congress back in July that Google in the twenty sixteen election had Bought as many as between 2.6 and 10.4 million votes to Hillary Clinton, how they repeated in 2018 to give the House to the Democrats and denied Trump a couple of Senate seats he would otherwise have won. And now they're going to go all out now in 2020 to guarantee that Trump is defeated. It's completely outrageous, completely disgusting. YouTube even mislabeled his testimony to Congress, saying it was about... Uh, manipul- uh, censorship, you, 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 internet censorship, when it was internet vote manipulation. And now that we have, after Super Tuesday, which was just a farce, we have had Buttigieg, uh, Kobachar, uh, uh, Bloomberg, uh, more recently Cory Booker, uh, all endorsing, uh, Joe Biden with, with Biden is just about the worst possible candidate they could be running. He's establishment. He's corrupt. The whole Ukraine thing reveals it. He has a tendency to molest kids. When Chris Cooth was sworn <laughs> in in the Oval Office by the vice president, he leaned over to his daughter and said, as was picked up by the mic and the cameras, Do you have any idea how horny it makes me to be standing next to a 14-year-old girl? And this is going to be the Democratic candidate for president of the United States. Give me
0: a break. Well, Jim, I'm glad we have started off pretty hot right out the gate. I do appreciate that. (laughs) And, Jim, you got to tell us, where exactly are you right now? Well, I've
2: left uh, Milwaukee, and I'm heading toward Madison on I-94 with a good friend who came to do a kind of a documentary about my research, my history of research, Michael, uh, you know, from beginning to end, from A to Z. And uh, he believes that there might be some interest in the community at large. We'll see about that. But it's raining here. Uh, It's dark, of course. We got uh, the windshield wipers going full blast and we can just make out the vehicles ahead of us.
0: Wow, you 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 guys need to be careful out there. Holy shit! <laughs> Good lord, Jim, be yeah. safe out there.
2: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make it. Uh, but I'm telling you, this Democrat thing it's absolutely—I mean, the comparison with the Titanic is exact. They're headed for disaster. Everyone knows they're headed for disaster. I, I'm Except finding that. one article after another questioning whether Biden ought to be the Democrats' candidate, but it's already a done deal. They've already committed themselves. It's uh, completely uh, absurd what they're doing here. And it appears that the project is to have Hillary brought in as the vice president, and then uh, presumably after a successful election with a little help from Google, who Epstein says could bring as many as 15 million votes to the aid of the Democrats. Then Biden will resign for reasons of health. They won't even say mental health. They'll just say reasons of health. And Hillary will assume the presidency, which I guarantee is the only way she could ever make it to the top.
1: Well, I certainly first hope of, all, Go first ahead, of all, none of that's going to happen because Donald Trump is going to wipe his ass with the Democratic candidates. Uh first of all, Bernie Sanders is not going to win. America is not going to take a socialist uh, president. Um, his his ideas or his ideology is is too outrageous. He's got no plan. And um, I'd be very surprised if he won. And I would probably move to Argentina. But um, and then Biden, Biden is just out of his He's losing his mind. I mean, I hate to say it. The guy the guy is not fit for office, so you this him. is not going to happen. The Democrats are not going to take – they're not going to take the 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 house, or should I say, they're not going to take the White House. It's just impossible, unless some some miracle happens between now and I guess uh, you know the summer or or September, where some other candidate comes in that's got a little bit of a brain in his head and isn't a communist. Maybe that might be something you know that would uh, give Trump a run for his money, but I highly doubt it. Yes, yeah,
2: well, the uh, I see it. I think that because Bernie's foreign policy overlapped with Trump back in 2016, that the DNC had allowed the caucuses and the primaries to choose the candidate preferred to by the uh, Democratic participants, Bernie would have emerged because Debbie Wasserman should sabotage his campaign. She 13 primaries and Bernie had won to Hillary's column to guarantee she would be the nominee. I actually think Bernie, who generates a lot of enthusiasm, might have beat Trump in 2016. Now, I agree Trump is very formidable, but I'm, I'm saying you got to take into account that Google is manipulating right. the vote as much as 15 million votes coming out of the block. In other words, he's going to have a 15 million vote advantage right from scratch, whoever the Democrats nominate. Because Google is going in whole hog on this thing. You've got to watch the testimony of Dr. Robert Epstein to Congress in July. There are two segments. They only run about 10 minutes apiece. You've got to watch them to understand what's going on here and why this uh, Super Tuesday thing was so lopsided. Again, it was Google flexing its muscles just as they had in South Carolina. What they're doing is sending out vote reminders. Get out and vote to only targeted audience, only to Democrats in South Carolina, only to Black. So that, you know, as Epstein was explained, it doesn't cost them a dime to do this. And it's invisible. It doesn't leave any traces. So it's absolutely stunning what Google's doing here to interfere with our election. In other words, Russia is trying to interfere with our election. Google is interfering with our election, and they've already been doing it again and again.
0: Yeah, that's right. They've been doing for- it. And for those that don't know, Joe Biden is sitting on a double-digit lead over Mister. Bernie Sanders in the race for the Democratic presidential nomination. For those that don't know, but that's according to polls. You never know what's going to mm-hmm. happen, but as that's right. it we've been, change. it can change. It can change. But of course, Joe Biden well- is the chosen Messiah for the establishment at this point. At this point. Yes. Go ahead, Jim.
2: Well, it's because he's the establishment candidate. See, Bernie is threatening to the establishment. We haven't had Chris Matthews now departed from MSNBC. Oh, where yes. I like Chris because he seemed to be a very genuine guy. I didn't always agree with his analyses, but you knew he meant it when he said it, which is highly unusual because most of these talking heads are total fraud, operating from a script. Every now and then you have, Fox, maybe Tucker, or maybe Hannity, or maybe Laura, frequent shows which I rank Tucker number one, Laura number two, and Hannity the third, because Hannity is more overtly political, Laura, and Tucker especially, are more objective and balanced, they're actually very good, the one show I recommend everyone to watch on television, this is the only show I recommend, is Tucker Carlson. It was 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central. I mean, that show is worth watching. And then it's repeated later in the evening if you miss the original. But the fact of the matter is that Chris Matthews was explaining even the Democrats uh, aren't worried that Bernie would lose and be this drag on the down ballot. They're worried that Bernie would win. And reform the Democratic Party, just as Donald Trump was, uh, they worried about Trump destroying the Republican Party. Well, Trump won and he reformed the Republican Party into a, a very much more aggressive, uh, big government, but working for the people party. And it's made a huge difference. I mean, Trump's followers are so dedicated, so enthusiastic. Bernie's followers are so dedicated, so enthusiastic. Biden? Biden? You know, nobody gives a damn about Joe Biden. He's <laughs> a total true. mediocrity on his death day. Look at this. He, he ran uh, 30, 32 years of three presidential elections. He won exactly one primary when South Carolina took place. That's because he's got that terrible candidate. And now with this brain damage, which is manifesting itself everywhere, so badly that they're having the stage manage the debate have them seated instead of standing. And only take questions from the audience, which are obviously not going to be penetrating or put anyone on the spot. In fact, they'll probably all be planted questions. And now limiting in seven minutes on a stump speak. I mean, that's embarrassing. Trump gets up there and he goes on for an hour and a half. And he's totally coherent and he's got the crowd right with him. He's the master of the media. The guy's a, a genius at PR. And this is part of the reason why he is where he is today, but Biden has got nothing going. Biden has no money. Biden has no program. Biden has no voter enthusiasm. Biden has no argument for why Biden should be president. He's a total loss, and yet that's the guy the Democrats are going for. Why? Because he's thoughtful because he's the puppet of the Democratic National Committee, because he's not going to rock the vote. He's a totally useless candidate. And I find it insulting that they're running him as a candidate. It's a disgrace to the betrayal of the party in relation to the American people, because the last thing a responsible political party would do is to run a candidate who's obviously completely senile and confident and capable of doing the job. And that, and that is
0: Joe Biden. My goodness, and of course, you mentioned Chris Matthews, who just happened to be Me Too'd after all the work that he's put into that movement himself, the originator. Yeah. Now, he got caught up in the spider web that is the Me Too movement, and of course, we do have an audio clip of him parting ways from his job. Let's roll that audio. Jim, are you ready? Yeah, go for it. Let's do it let me start with me my, start headline, with my tonight. headline tonight. I'm
1: retiring. I'm retiring. This is the last hardball the last on MSNBC. MSNBC. And obviously, obviously, this isn't for lack, of, isn't interest for lack in of interest in politics. And you can tell, I've loved tell every minute loved of my 20, minute of 20 years.
0: My... Oh, that's repeating too much there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Take, take two.
0: Yeah, let, let's not roll that that audio. It's, it's going to repeat too much there for us. But yes, you obviously heard that, correct, Jim?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. But here's the deal. The Me Too movement is supposed to be promoting the interests of women, right, women candidates. So the DNC, as soon as Tulsi Gabbard wins one or two delegates and therefore qualifies for the next debate, they change the rule. And you haven't heard a word. You haven't heard a word from the Me Too movement. You haven't heard a word from Democratic women. This is a Democratic woman, but they don't like her because she doesn't have the right, you know, extremely uh uh feminist uh idiot agenda. In other words because Salty Gabbard is actually a responsible, thoughtful person, highly intelligent, very well spoken. She's a military veteran. She speaks with considerable authority. They can't have her on the stage with Bernie and White because the contrast would be ridiculous. Everyone would realize they're supporting the wrong candidate. That the one they ought to be favoring is Tulsi Gabbard.
0: Right, I'm with you on that one. Um I got a different clip here. Let, let's try this. Maybe this will work. Hold on one moment here. Sure. Let me start with me my, start headline, with my tonight. headline tonight. I'm reti- oh, no, that's not going to work for sure. That's still okay. really awful. But I'm sure everyone out there has already heard it. You know him. what, Michael?
1: It, it sounds like it's picking up on another microphone. Yeah, it's uh, picking up it somewhere. Yeah, through. yeah.
0: But everyone out there, I'm pretty sure, heard that. But it, it's quite ironic that our boy Chris Matthews, has been taken out that way. It's, it's quite funny. But under that circumstances, all of us have fallen victim, fallen victim to um, what he did, basically. Everyone's guilty of that. Every straight man out there probably is.
2: Well, let me just wow. add, too, that now the National Organization for Women is telling Elizabeth Warren she should not be endorsing Bernie Sanders. I mean, this is ridiculous. Uh, Warren and Sanders were the two, uh, progressive candidates from the Democratic Party. And while their positions weren't exactly the same, they were certainly more closely aligned and Warren with Biden, with, with Bernie than with any other candidate. Now, think about what's going on. You have all these other candidates on the left absent, of course, Tulsi, who are endorsing Biden, Uh, all those I've enumerated, which is obviously going to enhance his vote. By Warren not endorsing Bernie, he loses the support he would gain. So you might as well have Warren being one of the other left-wingers who are supporting Biden. That's the role. And now this national organization for women isn't uttering a beef about Tulsi being excluded from the debate. I mean, for God's sake, she's from Samoa. She's not only a veteran, she's a woman of color. And, and she's a great <laughs> candidate, very attractive. So obviously they can't have her on the same stage with Bernie and Biden, who would, would look like antiques next to Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi represents the future, Bernie and Biden's the past.
0: Right. And Mike, I'm going to turn it over to you for one moment. What is your opinion on Chris Matthews getting Me to, basically?
1: Uh, you know, I got to be very honest here. I don't have much of an opinion on him at all. Um, you know, I, I heard the little that I heard. I, I, I really didn't follow it too much. Because Honestly, I, I really have no need for the man. And I re- I just, I, he didn't make an impression on me. I can't me, so. really hear him, Michael. Oh, go ahead now. Can, can, can you hear me now there, Professor. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, there we all, go. I, all I'm all I'm saying is that I didn't pay much attention to the guy, and I really I don't I don't know a lot of, about him, so I really don't think I should probably give an opinion where I don't know much about the uh, subject. Okay. good answer. Anyways,
0: yes, but Mike, what what do you think of the whole Me Too movement?
1: Well, you know, there was a uh, is this this is the guy from Maryland that we're talking about the the. the the Democrat from Maryland? Is that what you're talking about? No, this is a host. So, but, he's talking about the Me Too movement.
0: Yeah, we're right, talking about well, the Yeah, we're talking about I'm the host then, is, The Me Too movement. With the
1: guy you just played, was he a candidate for the presidency, or was he the? Oh, no, the, no, no, no. He's, no, uh, it's a, host. he's a host on yeah. MSNBC
2: who just resigned, okay. apparently because he said something that was construed as sexist.
1: Yeah, no, I I have no opinion on him because I don't know the I don't know the story. But as far as the Me Too thing, look, I. Yeah. You gotta have, in my personal opinion, and I'm not a lawyer or a judge, but it seems to me, and I've been down this road, and I think, Michael, I think you have too. There have been instances in my past with women who have made certain claims about me, uh, and they were completely false. My point is, um, I, I think the Me Too movement is, it's a bunch of horse shit because you, you need to look. I'm not saying that, uh, I promote rape or any of that nonsense. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all about doing the right thing. I respect those. Yeah. I respect those who respect me, but don't come at me and tell me just because, for example, uh, uh, Supreme Court Justice, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kavanaugh, he was a, he was accused. He was accused of of a uh, situation that took place in his college years, number one, and that he allegedly had been involved with gang raping women. Now, the whole story stinks because there was no facts that were, were proven. Now, my point is this. Again, you can't just say just because a woman accuses a man of some circumstance, that doesn't mean you have to agree with her. There is a process. And you have, you are innocent until proven guilty. Right. And that is why we have courts and, uh, you know, great oh. white sharks as lawyers. And that's what we do to prove whether someone is guilty or innocent. So as far as I'm concerned, the Me Too movement, that means absolutely nothing to me.
0: That's right. It really does not mean anything to uh, yeah. many people out there. It started off as, um, you know, a good, Probably as a good sort of plan for uh, some people out there. But of course, it degenerated as things usually do. These movements, it starts off in a good place, but, you know, ends up going far yeah. south. Sad. Like
1: I said, I I, I, I wholeheartedly support. Anyone who was, you know, a, a woman that's been abused or sure, raped or, right. or whatever by a man. And, and you know what? If it's proven, then hey, you have every right to throw that guy in jail for the rest of his life, life or castrate him, one or the other. But, you know, yeah, you, over can't on tell, the right. yeah. you can't tell me that just because someone stands up and says, Oh, me too, me too. Give me proof, man. I'm the biggest skeptic, skeptic in the world. Give me proof.
2: Let him get a little further ahead of you. The the whole Kavanaugh thing was a circus, Michael, a circus. They were, they had liars, three liars come in there and make up these phony stories and they weren't remotely credible. It was absolutely disgusting. I have a, I've edited a book about Kavanaugh that I hope will be out shortly that just takes the whole thing apart. I mean, it was embarrassingly bad. Now, I happen to believe that uh, Anita Hill was speaking completely truthfully about Clarence Thomas. There turned out to be a whole lot of evidence. The local video store, had, he had rented hundreds of foreign videos from the video store. They didn't allow it into evidence. I mean, when he talked about, you know, it's, it's kind of shocking to think back about her report, how he asked, what, what's that pubic hair doing on that Coke cam? But it's supposed to fit into a bizarre or foreign scenario. And I think Anita Hill was speaking 100% the truth and that George H.W. Bush was really kind of caught flat-footed when it all came out and wanted to support what they claimed was the best qualified candidate when it was a ridiculous claim. It had no substance whatsoever. And it's, it's really a bit of an embarrassment that Clarence Thomas is on the Supreme Court, but he's going to be there for decades to come.
0: And earlier we were talking about our boy, Joe Biden, and he's been making a fool of himself just the other day. I think he referred to himself as O'Biden Bama. Yeah. An yeah. O'Biden Bama <laughs> Democrat. What, what, what was that all about? And Jim, do you think he's under the influence of any sort of, um, I guess drug at this point? Do you think, well, obviously he's at that age where he's taking, I'm sure plenty of things, but do you think he's sort of losing his mind, Jim? No,
2: he's, he's brain damaged, Michael. He's brain damaged. There's no question about it. He had a couple of aneurysms and they damaged his brain. And it's being manifest in these, these, you know, mishaps, which are really quite bizarre. There was a funny cartoon I used today in a, two newscasts I had where a confused Joe Biden announced that he was dropping his campaign and endorsing Joe Biden.
0: Yeah, that's really... <laughs> <laughs> really bizarre. <laughs> did you catch that, Mike?
1: Is. Yeah, I, I did. <laughs>
0: I think you mis- I think even mistook his um wife
1: He, he for doesn't
0: know. He
2: it's not that yes. he doesn't know what city he's in. He doesn't know what state he's in. He's even said he was running for the Senate. He said he was going <laughs> to appoint the first black African American to the uh, to the Senate when number one president don't appoint. Members of the Senate, they have to be elected. And number two, Carol Mosley Brown was the first black African American woman elected to the Senate. And number, in addition, he's been running against Kamala Harris, as another black, not from Africa, but from the Caribbean.
0: I think, I think Biden might be higher than I am, to be honest. I said, I think Biden might be higher than I am.
1: Fire. he's not on drugs. just—he's brain damaged, Michael. Yeah, he's not—he's not on drugs. He's simply—he's gotten to the point. Why? And I say this respectfully. He's, he's on gotten Mo. to the point where he's—he's re, reached an elderly age where he's beginning to have problems remembering. The guy—the guy is seventy. What seventy-seven? I believe so. Um, right. Yeah, and he's—you know—and Bernie is what seventy-eight, seventy-nine. These—these these guys are not. And even Pelosi, Pelosi's 79. Get him out of office, for crying out loud. How do these people, yeah. I don't know how they go on for so long. You know, serve a I, certain amount of time. Get the hell out.
2: Yeah, I'm not questioning us against that age group. I'm 79 myself. But I'm telling you, Bernie is still sharp. And Bernie would take about Biden, take Biden apart during the debate. That's why they're having to modify it and have them sit in chairs and only take questions from the audience. I mean – I, they, they, I, I done, said, they're saying. limiting, they're limiting Biden's speeches of only seven minutes duration. Now, you gotta understand what that means. The guy doesn't have the cognitive capacity to maintain that discourse for more than seven minutes at a time. Otherwise, he's gonna fall apart. That means the guy is virtually totally senile. I mean, he is out of it. He is demented. He is borderline dementia. And it's a function of these brain aneurysms. I guarantee you, If this guy were to go up against Trump, Trump would eviscerate him. I mean, he could eviscerate him politically on every ground. Trump just has a specializes in taking apart establishment candidates. And Biden is a prime example. But Biden is, you know, an unarmed man. I mean, it's going to be ridiculous because he's totally cognitively
1: incompetent. Totally. I I, I agree with you on that, Professor. Um, The only thing is... uh I, I just think that, and, and, and let me be clear, I, I, I wasn't saying that anybody who's an elderly person, you know, shouldn't run for sure. office. But, well, well, I mean, I, you know, I you're, what did you, did you say? say, you're 79, yeah. but you've still got I your love. marbles about you, and that's great. The fact is, Mr. Biden, <laughs> he's he's losing it.
0: He's losing you know? it for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, 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 I say that is
2: respectfully. Lot, Bernie, Bernie is still confident. But Bernie is getting older, and, you, you know, you wonder, but this is why they can't afford to have Tulsi on the stage. It would just reveal by contrast, that these are a couple of semi-senile old men, even though it's true of <laughs> Biden, not true of Bernie. That would be the inference that would be drawn. And, and this Tulsi Gabbard is not. She's a, she's a great-looking woman. She's such a competent candidate. She is so highly intelligent. She's so knowledgeable. She's so serious in her demeanor. She understands the issues. She's a veteran with multiple tours in the Middle East. I mean, you know, it would be no contest. They can't afford to let her on the stage.
0: Yep. That's one thing I have talked about repeatedly on this program, that other women out there probably would not vote for her. For a various amount of different reasons, we already went over that plenty of times by now. I'm sure Mike knows what I'm talking about for sure. Absolutely. That's right.
2: So, there are all kinds of reasons why women prefer not to have certain other women who may be, shall we say, competitive with them in certain respects in the same arena.
0: Exactly, Jim. That's why most women out there can't even count the number of friends on one hand. (laughs)
2: <laughs> but, uh, uh, look at amy kovachar or elizabeth warner hillary what my god i mean these are not attractive women and and they don't have an agenda and they don't have a, a program you know there's even talk about kovachar being the running mate for biden i think that's just silly just silly she's of unappealing course. she comes across as a middle middle Class housewives. If there's nothing attractive about Amy Klobuchar, as I see it politically,
0: no argument. And Elizabeth me.
2: Warren, of course, Elizabeth Warren is a schoolmarm. She's constantly lecturing us. She thinks she's going to hit us over the knuckles with a ruler every time she speaks. <laughs> <laughs> and would you want that woman really coming into your living room every night as oh president of the United States? God forbid.
0: <laughs> I-, I already have a headache just thinking about it, Jim.
1: You, you know what it I is? Know. She I talks. When she talks, she talks down to people. She talks at people. Oh yeah! She doesn't. She it's she awful. makes you feel like it's, you're inferior.
2: Her her arrogance just gets so overwhelming, and then. She claimed to be a Native American. You know, Harvard Law School said this was the first woman of color on their faculty, and then she did the DNA test, and she has less Native Indian blood than you or I, Michael. I mean, it's just a joke. That is a joke. And then she did this little farcical thing in her, in her kitchen with her husband asking for a beer. Somebody suggested to her she needed to show she was a regular person by drinking a beer, and it was so contrived. I mean, my God. I, I could it's hear. The thing they didn't show the brand; There <laughs> would have been a negative commercial.
0: A, a Jim, a Jim, I could hear Ryan back there laughing. Yeah, he's enjoying it. He's loving it. <laughs> yeah, let, let Ryan know we all said hello to him.
2: Good, I will. Yeah, they're saying hello to you, Ryan. They're saying they're glad you're here,
0: Mr. Dean Ryan.
1: Who's Ryan? Uh,
0: he he's been on the show before. Who is he? He's a good man. He's a very good oh, okay.
1: man. <laughs> Is, <laughs> Is it mystery? Like, like, like who's Dean he
0: related Ryan, to? Dean Ryan, and
2: I, <laughs> Dean Ryan and I have done a, a, a number of uh, television events together. He used to be with uh, Truth Be Told, Truth be which told. out of Hollywood. Hmm. And we did specials on various events on one occasion. He did an absolutely unbelievable report about the John Bonet Ramsey case that I think got deeper in exposing what really had happened than anyone else has been able to dig. And he actually has been to my home before and did a video of me when I was uh, barbecuing ribs in the backyard that went viral. I mean, it was oh, just wow. totally successful. <laughs> so he's, he's Mike. He's coming here to visit me to do a little kind of mini documentary about the history of my research on JFK 911, Wellstone, Sandy Hook, the Boston bombing,
0: the whole bit. Very nice. Yes, I look forward to hearing that or watching it rather. Uh, Dean does a good job, and I'm sure he's going to put out a a solid product with you, Jim, no doubt.
2: Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too, Michael. I think it'll be fun. I just enjoy having the guy around. So Yeah, he's a good guy.
0: And, Jim, before I even forget, do you have any updates on anything revolving the ever-so-controversial Sandy Hook case? Anything you could sort of share with us without going into too much detail?
2: Are you talking about Rebecca? Sure. Uh, Rebecca Carnes of Newtown Mom. This is a woman who's third generation resident of Newtown. She had two kids in a Newtown school when the Sandy Hook event went down. And while she initially believed or sort of believed what she was told about it through a very gradual process, she sorted out that in fact, the official account isn't what really happened. So that uh I and Luftgate Halbig, who've been at this for quite a while, received a letter from Rebecca reaching out to us for support because she was having to deal with the other residents who weren't happy that she was coming around and where well, I've now done I think four different interviews on uh
1: did we lose it
2: One five three newsnet dot net now. She went to her local energy provider, uh the uh, app that the smart meter connected to a home be removed and replaced with an old style meter, and they uh, they wouldn't give her customer service. You know, uh, they 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 said, well, they weren't really smart meters when they were smart meters because they had been activated as smart meters. But Rebecca had done enough research on smart meters and electromagnetism and 5G and all that to know that it was actually a potential health hazard. So she went out of concern for the welfare of her family when they wouldn't give her customer service. She just sat on a bench reading a book for three hours, and eventually someone there called the police, and they actually arrested her. I mean, this is completely absurd for first-degree criminal trespass, which is uh, ridiculous because she'd been invited in by an employer, by uh, an employee of the company. It was cold outside. He opened the door and invited her in. To I be mean, first-degree criminal, that would be like blanking an entering, okay? She didn't do anything like that. And she sat there passively reading the book for three hours, determined to get someone to agree that they would exchange her meters, which they never did. So she found herself having to confront this first-degree charge, completely ridiculous. I had suggested to her she immediately notify Eversort to hang on to the video. They have a security video of what goes on in the lobby, and they assured her they would. And when she was about to have to make an appearance in court for an arraignment, she asked if she could have a copy of the video. They said they'd get back to her. And when they got back to her, they told her they were dropping the charges. So she goes into court, you know, that the Eversource is dropping the charges. But the assistant district attorney... Is up there having a conversation with a judge and with Rebecca's public defender who may or may not be doing anything in her defense. I mean, this is all very dubious. And if the judge directs she's got to go to a mental health hearing, which is just ridiculous. So that now she, it, it turns out, and get this, because Rebecca has understood that Sandy Hook wasn't all it was cracked up to be. That, uh, 20 children and six adults didn't die at Sandy Hook. And, and it's fascinating to hear her talk about her own sojourn of discovery. Well, at one point she downloaded the book, you know, Nobody Died at Sandy Hook, which I published in 2015 with 13 contributors, including six current retired PhDs where we established the school that had been closed by 2008. That by 2012, when this event took place, there were no children there. And that was a FEMA exercise presented as mass murder to promote gun control, where we even have a FEMA manual for the exercise, which I included as the bandit. The book went on sale on 22 October 2015, and it sold nearly 500 copies when it was banned by Amazon on 19 November because it blows the whole case apart. And the deep state can't have that. Well, I was going to go on the Jeff Redd show as a guest that, that very day. So I announced on the show I was releasing the PDF of the book for free to anyone who wanted to download. And I have a friend who estimates the book has been downloaded more than 10 million times, which I account I a great success because obviously I wasn't going to send 10, still 10 million copies of the book. So Rebecca herself had downloaded a copy, and she explained to me how guilty she felt the first time she opened it and started to take a look, and, and that she had to put it down. You know, she couldn't follow through. But later, later, as her confidence that something was wrong grew, she read the book, and she started talking about how clearly written, how wonderfully organized, how thoroughly documented, how copiously detailed... And it's true. Anyone can still find the book. If they search for the title, Somebody Died at Sandy Hook PDF, if you don't have a copy, you need to, because this is an historic book in the history of American journalism. To my knowledge, it's the first book that Google, that that Amazon, that camp, and they had 20 books at the time. They had 20 books about Sandy Hook, but the other 19... All endorsed in one way or another the official account and, uh, I've, yeah, you gotta go, you'll go left, right, that's right. Uh, we're just reaching the okay. intersection here of the interstate, <laughs> so we gotta make sure we're on the right track. That's true. Uh, Google had 20, 20 books about Sandy Hook at the time, Michael, 19 of which endorsed in one way or another the official account. One as completely absurd as to be written by a woman who claimed to be a first grade teacher and now she's saved fifteen kids. You gotta get the left wing. Yeah. Now you gotta
0: get her Yeah
2: that let 15 kids by stacking them into a three-by-four bathroom that had a door that swung inward. I mean, it's just absurd. You put those uh, 15 squirming first graders averaging 50 pounds of each, that's 750 pounds of squirming teenager, and then she herself, on the left, yeah, she herself another 100 pounds. I mean, look, the door swung inward. This is just an absurd story. a single NFL guard or tackle at 350, which filled up the whole Panther. I mean, just thought that Amazon is delighted to sell complete fantasies about Sandy Hook, but take a serious scholarly book with 13 contributors—they got a ban. It. It's just a disgrace.
0: That's really strange. And Jim, by the way, how's our boy Wolfgang Halbig doing?
2: Oh well, they're, they're going after everyone who's been, a, you know, a, a serious student of Sandy Hook, and you know, at least making a difference out there. So that they were railroading Wolfgang. They had him arrested in the middle of the night. I think it was about 4 o'clock in the morning. They had a, a squad come out and arrest him, handcuff him, and, and march him through a field so that when he did his mugshot, he would look particularly disheveled. This was completely disgraceful conduct. On the part of law enforcement, they claim it was a felony. It was only a misdemeanor. This is a complete abuse of the legal system. That's what's going on in the country, Michael. They are weaponizing the legal system to punish those of us who are speaking truth that the deep state would prefer the public not have access to. What's going on with him and what's going on with me is a a classic example of a slot suit, a strategic lawsuit against public participation. Illegal, illegal in 27 states. Well, they bring a lawsuit for a very different purpose than alleged in order to punish those who are speaking out and to set an example for others that if they follow what we are doing and do the same, they'll be dragged into court. It'll last a very long time. I mean, I hate to tell you, the cab is running up here. It's just embarrassingly bad what's going on.
0: Yes, I could imagine he's not in high spirits right now.
2: Well, I thought I'd be in the court on the Tuesday on the St. Patrick's Day where the the plaintiff's counsel, this is for Leonard Foster, this is one of the fake Andy Hook parents, uh, who, who, who's on well, Noah, actually, we have only photographs of Noah. He was a fiction made up of photographs of his older stepbrother, Michael Vander. So I asked Larry Rivera to take two photographs without identifying who they were or the context. Where Larry has done uh, this brilliant work, mastering the principles of photogrammetry, which is the application of mathematics to the study of phot- 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 photographs. And he he confirmed. What we'd already established, namely that Lee Oswald was in the doorway of the Texas School Book Depository when the um, Kennedy Motorcade passed by. Based upon the height, the weight, the build, the shirt, and the t-shirt of the man in the doorway, the government has insisted it was actually a different person by the name of Billy Lomblady, who himself said he thought it would probably be confused because he was two to three inches shorter, 15 to 20 pounds minimally heavier, and was wearing a completely different short sleeve red and white vertically striped shirt that day, whereas the man in the doorway has a long sleeve, richly, wool, but tattered and torn shirt, which Marina, by the way, has remembered having longer. And, you know, it's very clear if 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 Lee and not Billy, but what, what the the government insisted was a facial feature where though Billy lady. So Larry found a photograph of each of Billy and and, and uh, uh, of Lee that he could superimpose over the features of the face in this very famous photograph taken by AP photographer James I. Gautton. And when you superimpose and set the distance between the pupils of the eye the same, in other words, six the interpupillary distance the same, if this is the same person, all the other features fall into play. Well, when they performed the experiment with Billy Love Lady, the ears are too low, the jaw is too big, the nose doesn't fit, it's obviously not Billy long Lady. But when you're superimposed over Lee Oswald, it's an exact fit, the ears, the nose, the eyes, the eyebrows, everything fits. It's clearly brilliant confirmation that the man in the doorway was indeed Lee Oswald, which means, of course, he not only cannot have been the lone-dominated gunman who fired three lucky shots and killed the person, he cannot have even been one of the shooters of whom we have now identified eight different shooters, Michael. Eight different shooters. And they all come from, yeah, and they come from different groups. Here's each of the groups that were sponsors put up their, uh, the assassination put up their own shooter. So one's a Dallas deputy sheriff. Another is an Air Force expert. Another is a Dallas cop tied into the CIA. Another's an anti Castro Cuban. Another is a soldier of fortune tied into the CIA. Another is Lyndon Johnson's personal hitman. It's like each of the groups. Put their own shooters, so they'd be tied together in the blood oath, as it were, that if any one of them went down, they'd all go down. Leonard, of course, becoming president, was in the position to control the whole event, and there was a guarantee that no one would ever be punished for participating in the assassination of John F. Kennedy.
0: That's
1: astounding.
0: Yeah, I wasn't sure about eight. I thought there was only about four or five shooters, but you're saying there's eight.
2: Yeah, yeah, I've identified six. You can find it in my fourth book, JFK, Who, How, and Why, uh, published by Moonrock Books, 2017, as I recall. Uh, and you'll find me identifying my, you know, name, rank, and serial number, six of the shooters, and only Damagard has identified a seventh who is in the Bergola area. You got a deputy sheriff who was on top of the county records building, you got an Air Force guy inside the triple underpass, you got a Dallas cop who was on the grassy knoll, you had that soldier abortion at the intersection of the triple underpass and the, and the picket cham. Then you had Lyndon's personal hip man who was in the Dow Tech but on the opposite side. Then you had an anti castro Cuban in the I mean in the book depository, then you had an anti castro Cuban in the Dow Tech. They do it, thus are sick. The two additional was a shooter in the in the Vergola area who appears to be the Israeli representative. And then we have one more on the opposite side of the grassy knoll. There was a tree there. You wouldn't even think it would be possible for a hitman to be there, but I've seen two photographs. One in the position possession of Rick Russo, the other in possession of Ed Tato. Different photographs of a shooter with a rifle standing after the assassination. Now we have uh IDs of seven of the eight.
0: I thought Mike was going to jump in there.
1: Who? Nope, me? No. I think we lost him, though.
0: Did we lose you, Jim?
1: You yeah, didn't lose
2: me? I'm still here. Yeah, there he is. I, I, just, yeah. I, was, I, just, I just stopped that very funny. We had an IG, the eighth shooter. Understood. But, but the worst, the we and, you know, third or 10 or 12, maybe even more shots. In fact, I've been astonished that David W. Manning, who's the leading expert on the medical evidence, uh, has now determined... Not just that there were two shots to the head. That was already my first book, Assassination 5, published in 1998, but that was the third shot to the head that appears to have been fired by that gunman on the opposite Grassy Knoll. The one that we have yet to identify appears to have fired a shot that entered the left temple. The guy who was at the intersection of the triple underpass and the picket fence fired the shot that entered Jack's right temple. The anti-Castro-Cuban in the Tech fired the shot that hit Jack in the back of the head. Uh, around the external occipital protuberance, that little bump on the back of your head where you'd recline if you were resting in a bathtub. up yes.
1: right, right. Uh,
0: Jim, i got to ask you. So, Jim, I just, yeah, I, I have to ask you this question here. Why is this assassination vital to you?
2: Well, it's a, a transformation of the American government. I mean, you know, any president who acceded to that office after JFK knew he was only there at the barrel of a gun And it could be taken out at any moment. And frankly, American democracy hasn't been the same since. And you had a lot of the same perpetrators who were involved in that event who were emboldened to pull off 9-11. Because, you know, if you could deceive the American people with the kinds of absurdities that entered into the JFK assassination, Komarov. You can convince them of pretty much anything, such as that 11 Islamic terrorists commandeered four airplanes and caused all these atrocities under the control of a guy off in Afghanistan. When, in fact, he was our man in Afghanistan. Osama bin Laden was actually working for the CIA. He was instrumental in getting uh, Stinger missiles into the hands of the Mujahideen. They used to shoot down Soviet helicopters and planes and drive them out. He had the rank of Colonel, Colonel Tim Osman. Colonel Tim Osman of the agency were an official, uh, of the CIA visited him in a hospital in Dubai shortly before his death of his medical maladies in, in, uh, uh, in, 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 in Afghanistan where he was buried in an unmarked grave after his death on 15 December 2001, uh, where there were local obituaries in both Fox and, uh, and CNN reported his death on the 26th of December. I mean, you can still find their announcements. Osama bin, de- bin Laden dead. David Ray Griffin, who's the Dean of 9-11. He's got 10 books on, uh, on 9-11. Has a book Osama bin Laden dead or alive about it. Uh, Dick Kohlersham, who's PhD, uh, historian of science celebrated for his work on Isaac Newton among others. He's a leading expert on the London 7-7 subway attack. His book, Terror on the Tube, is now in 7th edition. He cracked the event by discovering that the young Muslim lads that apparently had been talked into participating on a drill uh, could not be at the tube stop when the explosion took place, exactly the same places and times as in the drill, because a train from Luton that day had been canceled, they couldn't even be there. And yet the official narrative has these young men... Who weren't even at the scene responsible for the explosion. Well, Nick also has a very nice blog on my blog at jamesfester.org, uh, or some of his blog 1957 to 2001, where well, you can see photographs of many of the fake dead laws that the CIA was putting out afterwards to make it look as though he was still alive.
0: Yes, Jim. And one thing I find very interesting is the fact that you believe that 9-11 was a complete conspiracy and Mike here I don't think he believes that at all you guys have very different opinions about 911 and Mike I I know you definitely don't believe in any sort of a um, conspiracy that surrounds what happened that Tuesday morning uh, Mike I'm sure you can explain better
1: well to be perfectly honest Michael I as I said, I'm a very skeptical person. Um, and I, I, I tend to believe things that are proved to me. Now, what happened at, uh, the site of, uh, the world trade center on September 11th, 2001, uh, was devastating. I witnessed it. I was, I was, uh, only a few miles away. Uh, I, I guess, uh, probably something to the effect of like maybe, I'm going to say seven to 10 miles away. Well, that's nice. uh, sure. I could I could see it from my from my street and my window of my, my studio when I lived in Kearney, New Jersey. Um, but what I'm getting at is, you know, you see something like that. It's such a tragedy. So many people dying. You know, you're watching something take place. So when I hear and believe here, me, I have the world heard world. so many conspiracy theories about 9 11. Uh, one of the, the 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 really main questions I've had is the whole Pentagon thing. Uh, I, uh, you know, why they never released the plane actually hitting uh the Pentagon? And when you see the hole in the Pentagon, it doesn't look like a plane hit it. It looks like it looks like a bomb hit it. It looks like a missile hit well, it. So I'm not necessarily completely objective to the idea of a conspiracy theory. I'm simply... Not convinced not of convinced. one until I I can I can really get the proof and I've looked at images online of planes that you know have bombs on the or allegedly have bombs on the bottom of them or don't have any writing on the sides of them that you know they're not a commercial airline so I don't know I really don't have an answer for you but at the same time I'm open for suggestions I I just I need proof I, I'm I'm that's that's the kind of person I am
0: and what would convince you Mike.
1: What would convince me? Wow.
0: Um, what would be the big kibosh for you?
1: Say again? I
0: said, what would be the big kibosh for you, as they say?
1: Well, that's a really good question. Like, I, I, I don't know. Uh, just like I, I, you know, knowing there were eight shooters that killed JFK, I, I would need to know. Uh, you know, somebody would have to come out and say, okay, here's what really happened on that day. That, you know, from the government, here's the records. But you know, anything's possible. Anything uh-huh. is possible. You know, I, I've even read about uh, or, or, or seen images uh, on online about the the moon landing being fake. I mean. You know, yeah. it, 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 it never stops. Yeah, it never stops. Go ahead, Jim. Well, the moon landing, the moon landing was <laughs> I
2: mean, you know, I, to, <laughs> I disillusion disillusioning. I've done so much research on all these subjects that listen, let me, let me point out none of the nine eleven aircraft, the allegedly hijacked crash on nine eleven, none of them, two of them weren't even in the air. Flight 11, the North Tower, flight 77, Pentagon weren't even in the air. So they certainly cannot have crashed since they weren't even in the air. Flight 93, Shanksville, pilots for 9-11 Truth using air ground communication track. Flight 93, and it was over Champaign-Urbana after it officially crashed. Uh, in Shanksville. Flight 175, they did the same, and they discovered it was over Harrisburg and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, after it had officially hit the South Tower. I followed up and obtained FAA registration records that showed that the planes used for those two flights, and remember the same aircraft could be used one day from Tampa to Chicago, the next day New York to Los Angeles, were not even formally deregistered or taken out of service until 27, uh, 27 September 2005. So, how can planes that weren't even in the air and crashed on 9 11? And how can planes that crashed on 9 11 have still been in the air four years later? Not only that, but Building 7, which went down seven hours after the Twin Towers, came down in a classic controlled demolition. All the floors came down at the very same time. You see that classic crisp in the, at the roof. It, it all of the approximately the speed of free fall, and you had a pile of debris, typical of controlled demolitions, equal to 12%, technically 12.5% of the height of the original. That was 47 floors, so it had 5.5 floors of debris. But the twin towers are completely different. All the floors remain rigid. The buildings are blowing apart in every direction from the top down. Obviously not because of a plane, but because of powerful explosives. The buildings are being converted into very f- millions of cubic yards of very fine dust. And when it's over, believe it or not, there's no pile of debris. There should have been thirteen and a half floors of debris if we had a collapse, and we were all told it was collapse, but it was no collapse at all. In fact, the buildings were being Uh, uh, converted into very fine dust, which happens to be a signature of the use of nuclear devices, the U.S. Geological Survey, did did dust samples from 35 locations in lower Manhattan and found elements that in their quantity and correlation would only have been present had it been a nuclear event. So that, I'm telling you, Uh, This was completely different than described to the American people. Of course, absolutely, it was a traumatic event. And the the World Trade Center was destroyed quite fully. No one disputes that. But how it was done and why is a whole other matter. And I just say, Michael, I would love for my to take a look at two videos I did a couple of years back, which are on this shoot, B-I-T-C-H-U-T-E. One is entitled JFK. Who is responsible and why? Well, you get the skinny on six of the eight shooters. And then uh, also 9-11, who is responsible and why? Well, you get all the proof that none of the planes crashed at the alleged crash mean It's very solid, And let me just tell you by by way, uh, you know, I don't make this stuff up. Uh, in all these cases, I bring together the best experts so we can pull our resources. I founded Scholars for 9-11 Truth in December of 2005. So I could bring together experts from all over the world, pilots, engineers, physicists, different kinds of engineers, aeronautical, electrical, structural, civil. And we did a very thorough job of dismembering the official account. And you'll find a summary or distillation, a distilled summary of our results in that video to which I'm inviting attention. 9-11, who is responsible and why on BITCHUTE, B-I-T-C-H-U-T-E, and Michael, I'd like to say If Mike could take a look at those two videos, I'd be glad to come back and talk about this in greater detail after we've seen, you know, a, 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 a presentation of the relevant evidence. It's just like Sandy Hook. Until you look at the evidence, you just don't want to believe. You just find it impossible to accept it could have been a staged event. So if you want that too, go to, uh, Sandy Hook Update. Uh, Tracy loses, Wolfgang wins, the deep state strikes back. Uh, I think that's also on BitShoot, but it may also be may it be on One Three News dot net. And by the way, and this is just a finale, Michael, because Dean and I have now arrived here at Famous Dave's. He has to eat. I got to take Diane yeah, in and get for him sure. on a dinner. Do your and thing. That, but for those for those who don't believe they can fake Biden, clearly, they use body doubles for Hillary in the debates, even with Bernie Sanders and with Donald Trump. That's difficult to believe, but I guarantee it's true. And you can find the proof in uh fake news issues of identity, fake news issues of identity, which also gives you the proof that it was Lee Oswald at the book depository. You also see Hillary used six or eight different body doubles. It was really fascinating. In early 2017, the New York Times had a report, Hillary's in the House, claiming that Hillary Clinton had gone to four different Broadway plays. I, and I looked at uh, the uh, reporter okay, and that second. was a very interesting story but none of those were Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <He was laughs> ridiculous. But, but so By the way, Jim, fight Jim, is I mean, if, they, if they can go that far in
1: taking us out of our jocks, believe me, this Biden thing is going to be a piece of cake. Uh,
0: Jim, Mike Mike, Mike has, has something to say to there, you. go,
1: Professor Jim. Hold on. You, we jumped a couple of subjects here. Please repeat the of first course, please, website slowly. Is it bit, shoot? Oh, oh, yeah. B-I-T-E-R-I-T-E-R-I-T-E-R-I-T-E-R-I-T-E-R-I-T-E-R-I-T-E-R-I-T-E-R-I-T-E-R-I-T-
2: C-H-U-T-E. Yeah, it's one of the two secure. There are a couple out there now, newer. But BitChute right. and 153 newsnet are two of the more secure websites. And on BitChute, okay. you'll find Brian Rue was my host. Uh, so he introduces me, and then I do this thing. They're, they're, they're both, I think, an hour and a half to two hours. To lay out yeah, the layout okay. of all the evidence is very comprehensive. You'll see the proof for yourself. The, the one is entitled JSA yeah, sure oh, on, yeah. who is responsible <laughs> and Why. The other is 9-11, who is
1: responsible and why. I simply wanted to get the the website so that I can check it out for myself. Um, yeah,
2: but-
1: yeah, do that, Mike. I'd love I'd love us to have a further discussion. And Michael, sure. you
2: know, normally I'd stay on logs, yes, but this is kind of a special set of circumstances here tonight.
0: For sure, for sure. We'll talk soon again, Jim. I do want to thank you again uh for joining us, even though we had this uh, the strange car ride, which is okay though. I'm glad we were able to bring it together. <laughs>
2: It's just the way it
0: played out, Michael. just I love the way it, it. it
2: played out. He was supposed to show up at 4 o'clock this afternoon. No worries. Uh, he, he got popped. One of his connecting uh, buses was late, and that <sighs> meant he got in. It was officially going to be 8 o'clock, but he actually arrived early at 7 so I got over there early uh, in anticipation of beginning the interview with you and then him joining me in the car when he came out. But he was already there at the station, so I was able to pick him up and we headed back before you actually had me on the air.
0: Word. No problem, Jim. I do want to thank you again. Like I said, it's always a great honor. And of course. Ple- yes. So fun to have you here, I'll Jim.
2: i very very, very, very glad to come back, Michael. And I just say to Mike, you know, let look at the evidence and then give me your, your thoughts in response because I, I appreciate the sincerity of your beliefs. In all these cases, it's unfamiliarity with the evidence that leads to a divergence in opinion. The reason why, in, in scientific research, you have a convergence of investigators is because. The community of scientists is investigating the same alternative hypotheses based upon the same available evidence and using the same rules of reasoning. When it comes to the community, the American population at large, none of that is true. Not using the same rules of reasoning, not considering the same alternative hypothesis, and most definitely not looking at the same available evidence. So it's because of my background as a philosopher of science, I know so much about scientific reasoning and methodology that I can make sure we do it right to get the correct outcome as to which hypotheses are best
1: supported and which are not.
0: Fantastic, Jim. Stay safe out there. We'll do it again
1: soon. Thank you, Jim. Pleasure, I appreciate Michael. it, and uh, just you, so Mike. you know, I, I, I don't have any disrespect towards you, what you believe in, and I, I also appreciate the fact that you respect my opinion, and I, I, I'm very proud Absolutely. About that. Absolutely. Thank you.
2: 100 percent, Mike, I do, and I, I would look Jeff. forward to our having future discussions about both GFK and 9-11 when the time is Absolutely. right. Hell
0: yes. All right, Jim. All right, my
2: friend. You take care. Mahalo. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Michael. Always a pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye then.
0: And there he goes. And was that your bird, Mike? Did he jump in there, too?
1: You, you heard that?
0: I heard him. Was he excited?
1: Uh, Well, they're both a little excited. They hear me. I'm I'm right above them in my loft. So I'm looking down at their cages, and they're looking up at me, and uh, they're wondering who I'm talking to.
0: Yeah, they're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? They're like, what is going on here? <laughs> By the way, so I'm, well. I'm really disappointed. I mean, I had these little clips ready to play, and all of a sudden, they're starting to echo.
1: I got to tell you, Michael, I'm what? very impressed by what the that. Fuck? That uh, I mean, you had a little technical issue tonight, but nevertheless, I'm sure when you work out the kinks, that's going to be really cool. I I really like that.
0: The show must go on. Absolutely. But you know how you know You'll how that figure goes. It out. Yeah, you know how that, that goes. But hold on, let me play this. I, I'm really angry now. Democrat. <laughs> wow, look at that. So it, I think it's a problem with the file, not not the computer.
1: Have you ever had a problem like that before?
0: Uh, not like this. Yeah, see, it was the file, because right now what? Yeah, it's the file. That is too bad. That yep. is too bad. Well, yeah, it's the file, not the computer. Yeah.
1: Oh well. well, we still got still through it. I'm I'm very impressed that you're. It's like a total real show now. You know, not that it wasn't before, but you're throwing in the the you know the the the, the, the uh, outtakes from other shows and the the quotes. That's great, man.
0: It's it's not a real show, Mike.
1: No, it's not. It's, it's, it's a figment a, it's of
0: conspiracy. your conspiracy. It's a figment of your imagination. This isn't even happening, and, and it's a
1: conspiracy too.
0: It is a conspiracy, and Mike, <laughs> you know, I gotta ask you: are, are you freaked out about the coronavirus at all?
1: Well, to a certain extent, uh, I find it a little disturbing, but at the same time. Um, I, I, where I live, um, I don't think I have much of a reason to worry too much. I mean, I live in rural Pennsylvania. Um, the most I would get would be like hillbilly disease, but, uh, hillbilly disease. I don't, <laughs> um, I, I, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think they're kind of blowing it out of proportion just a little bit. I mean, let's, let's face it. It's serious. Don't get me wrong. It's serious, but. At the same time, uh, we are combating the situation. Uh, what really irked me today, I was listening to the news. And I heard people that were talking about how Trump's not doing enough. And I'm like, Oh, you gotta be kidding. They just rag on this guy for every effing thing, man. They don't stop. The guy is, is not only is he dealing with world leaders, but he now he's working with sci- uh, uh, scientists or, um, the medical, bird. uh, uh, whatever scientists and and he's he's trying to do the right thing and he is but but these people are still bashing him look you know like i said last time i was on it all comes down to they just hate him they have no reason to to to, to uh support him for the things that he has done for this country they just hate him and now that there's people talking about he's not doing enough for the coronavirus give me a break man i'll go home anyway, and get your fucking um, shine box
0: well, that works. Uh, not See, there, to get was, off the there was no echo like, well, there. But... You heard that, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I heard that. That's
0: right. <laughs> yeah, so sort of my bird. I think. <laughs> it was the file, and the bird liked that too. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, he loves it. He loves it when you swear.
0: Yeah, I like the bird. He's he's a, he's a good guy. Uh, Mike, what were you going to say until I interrupted you there so rudely?
1: Not a, a nothing major. All I'm saying is that it, it's it's a it, obviously it's a serious situation. At the same time, uh, I'm not. I mean, I. I don't think I have any reason to worry yet or hopefully ever
0: about it. According to the CDC, Americans over 60 should stock up on food and medications and avoid venturing out as the coronavirus spreads. Uh, Well, you know how the uh, CDC uh, is. Should we believe them? Should we not?
1: Look, Michael. What are we going to do? Just stop living because of of this circumstance. First of all, we can thank China for screwing everything up, not giving us the proper uh, bits of information, and and um, you know keeping from us. Uh, who was the Who was the doctor we had on the last time that we spoke to? Who who said China was keeping uh, the numbers uh, uh, hidden from us that, about it, How many infected mm-hmm. people there were and how bad it was. What that, was that doctor's name?
0: That would be Doctor Paul Cottrell.
1: Right. Remember what he said.
0: I do. I talk to him so, pretty, uh, so, pretty often.
1: So essentially, yes, it's a serious situation, a serious disease. But let's face it: uh, the American scientists and medical field are on it. We're doing, we're doing the best we can right now. More so, probably than uh, uh, any other country. Certainly, more than China's done about it. Because look where they are.
0: That's right. And so Italy. I think, we'll, mm-hmm. I
1: think we'll get it.
0: Yeah, someone in the chat room mentioned Italy, and yeah, they are facing some issues out there with the coronavirus, COVID
1: nineteen. I'm sure they are. I've heard a couple of things about Italy. Uh, uh, how many? What's the death toll up to in Italy? Does anybody know?
0: Well, apparently, it's 463 as of Monday. Wow! So that's pretty high.
1: It's, uh, you know, I'll I tell you, I saw a movie. Uh, last week an old movie from the 80s i think it's from the 80s it's called outbreak uh with dustin hoffman
0: that would be the 90s
1: was it the 90s okay Yeah. um and you know when i saw that movie back in the day say again 95 95 okay when i saw that movie back then uh it made me think you know like wow it, this we really could get wiped out by a virus that we couldn't control uh just like you know the plague took over uh, and killed as what like something like a million people um, uh, back in the day and uh, so yeah it's it's a frightening thing and you know it's this tiny little microscopic bug that we can't <laughs> sorry I, I,
0: that it's we- dramatic
1: <laughs> it's this tiny little bug that you know unless we're uh we have medical science dealing with the circumstance we could never combat it just like the plague wiped out everybody else because we we had no idea what we were dealing with. you know today it's a different story. We've come a long way science wise um what do you think what do, what do you think about the coronavirus? It's pretty fucked <laughs> point taken
0: well I mean it is
1: <laughs> it is it's
0: apparently a messed
1: up situation
0: apparently this is a big issue. I mean, the stock market is taking a hit. The economy is looking bad. Everyone is freaking out, it seems. And again, Italy goes on lockdown. All of Italy is under lockdown, apparently. I mean, it's a little unusual now. And everyone, a lot of people out there were saying this is a big hoax. Well, I don't exactly think it's a hoax. I mean, all these people that are dying, would you say that to them? Exactly. Are you going to say it's a hoax when they're fucking dying or are you going to say, oh, this is made up?
1: Uh, I, it, what also annoys me is the people who have, uh, you know, the, the, again, with these these, these Trump haters, is just people saying, oh, you know, Trump and the administration, uh, they're the ones who created the virus and set it free. I, come on. Really? Really? I don't That's believe, what he's going to
0: do? Yeah, I don't believe that at all. I mean, come on. Oh, bullshit. Ay vey. Oh, i'm sure you heard that out there in new york right <laughs> growing up
1: what oy vey there you go well i didn't hang out too much in in the jewish section but um i know what it means and i've used it several times myself but uh yeah
0: i've seen you it's uh, not just I've not seen, just a new
1: york phrase michael
0: <laughs> that's right i actually seen you on what was that spy society you guys had that uh cover photo right you and the band you guys were sort of dressed like, um, you know, men in oh, tiny well, hats. Well,
1: the interesting thing about that particular photo and the masks that we were wearing, stop me if I told you this already. You haven't. Oh, okay. All right. So back in the day, it was an early part of, I'm sorry. It was the later part of the nineties and, uh, me and in the band Empire Hideous, we were living together in a, in a, in a house in, uh, where the hell were we? Garfield, New Jersey. Uh. And I got a call from a friend of mine who said, Hey, uh, you know, there's a, there's a factory in Patterson, which is used as a storage facility for this, this Shakespearean play company. And I'll tell you, man, they had rows and rows and rows and levels of costumes that were just amazing. And they were just getting rid of them. They were throwing them out. So at the time I had this big van this, for the band. Right. So I would, go, I went there for three days straight. I actually called into work for three days. I said, I can't come. I got to do something. And I, every day I went to this place and we just sat around and we waited for whatever they were tossing into the garbage and we would pick through it. And I got. I I had oh man I had a rabbit suit I had a gorilla suit I had army suits like like army shirts I had all these I like hats capes I had capes that were so gigantic I ended up using them as, as rugs they were so big but we came across these four maybe five masks and they were images of they were supposed to be scary old Jews and it came from a play that was um that was done that included these scary old Jews and, and the masks that we were, they had these creepy faces with these long goatee beards and they had the little – the beanie on top, the yarmulke. Right, right. And uh, uh, just like – and they, they had these big noses and big teeth. It was just really creepy. So when I saw these masks – yeah, oy vey. When I saw <laughs> these masks, I said how great would it be just to use these masks in the picture for a promo picture? Now, here's where it gets complicated. As we started sending out press kits mm. to certain clubs to play, we had the images of of the you know the photograph from that photo session with us wearing the masks. Mm-hmm. And when the when the some of the promoters read the abbreviation of Spy Society ninety nine, which is SS ninety nine, correct, they immediately pinned us as being like a uh, an anti semitic like not yeah. Yeah, like a Nazi skinhead band.
0: <laughs> I Which couldn't
1: have been further from the truth. I mean, I got nothing against Jews. I love Jews, and um, it was just hilarious. And and they they wouldn't they wouldn't book us because they thought we were a Jew hating band.
0: <laughs> I was gonna ask you that. How much how much was it? Uh, you know, uh, well, rather I should rephrase that. I was gonna say how problematic was it for you guys to get spots with that sort of uh, imagery, Mike?
1: Well most of the clubs that I, I booked at um or i booked the, the gigs for uh they knew who i was so they knew that I, I didn't have any uh like racist bone in my body i didn't have any issues with um ethnic groups or whatever uh or religious groups and so they hired me to do a gig without a problem but For some of the places that didn't know who I was uh, and didn't know the reputation of the band, or didn't read the fucking press kit, can I say that? Um,
0: You're good. They
1: they were the ones who immediately tagged us as being a racist band. You know, you see the name SS99. The first thing that comes to your mind is Nazi. That's right. That was the furthest thing from our mind. And like I said, the press kit read exactly who we were, what we were about. It was all, it was a gimmick. You know, we were spies taking over the rock and roll industry, you know, the killers of punk rock. That's who we were.
0: Right. And now I think it's an an appropriate time to go over the fact that you are the official, unofficial, official, unofficial, official host here on the program.
1: Indeed I am, and I'm very grateful for that.
0: I hope that wasn't Uh, too confusing for you because I got confused as fuck saying that right now.
1: I don't even know what you said. (laughs) I don't either. It's very confusing. but It sounded good, though. uh, I, I'm really glad to be a part of this, Michael. I'm, I've been waiting for three years to do something like this, and um I finally, you know, I've gotten the opportunity with you, and I'm very grateful. I, I really like it. It's something I've wanted to do for quite some time now.
0: I agree, and as you know, Mike, I don't really trust anyone, and you are one of the rare commodities in my life that I actually trust 100%. I'm always under the notion of DTA, which means don't trust anybody. And, you know, I followed that mentality my whole goddamn life. But I do trust you, Mike. And I feel like if I was ever going to do a show with anyone, it would be you, Mike. Uh, I've talked to you many years. Even before I was doing a show, we were already talking.
1: Yep. And again, I I appreciate it very much. I really do. Uh, That's very kind of you. And- I tell you, man, I, I just like being on with you. Uh, you've got those golden vocal cords. Oh, thank you. And uh, you're quite welcome. And I sincerely believe that you are going to go far in this business. I really do. Um, so I think it's just a matter of time. And the more you push at it – and you know, you just said before about not trusting anybody. You got it. If you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. And exactly. that's what you've been doing for what? How long now? Since 2008?
0: I've been doing it for a while. But actually, I started here back in twenty 20- 2016 alone
1: yeah but you were doing it before oh, that way before you know, yeah i've been your old partner i've
0: been doing that but even before that fucking retard i was already added.
1: <laughs> i guess you guys aren't speaking terms anymore i'm not on
0: speaking terms <laughs> with a lot of people
1: oh all right that's, that's just we, the way let's hope to-
0: that's just the way it goes with me okay you're either in you or you're out you know what i mean there's no middle ground with me at all
1: apparently not
0: <laughs> no i'm not at all man I, that's i'm fucking cutthroat to be honest
1: All right. Well, like I said, you've been kicking it for as long as you have, and you've gotten as far as you have, and I sincerely believe that you're going to go further with this. I I really do. You've got a great show.
0: Well, thank you so much for that, Mike. And for those that don't know, you are a very established musician, and occasionally you still get up on the mic, and you still rock out there, and you still play some gigs every now and then. And Mike, go ahead and tell the people exactly how all this shit started for you, man.
1: Oh boy. Um, without going into too much detail, I've been on this show enough times people might know who I am. If they don't, just go to MikeHideous.com and that's Mike, M-Y-K-E. But in a nutshell, uh, I was once the ambassador of Cuba. Um, (laughs) I have, uh, walked on the moon and, uh, eventually I started a band, uh, after which I, uh, became a chef on a cruise ship. And, uh, then I, uh, got into painting. I was the one who painted the White House white and, um, here I am on this show,
0: and hopefully you don't have the coronavirus.
1: I had it, but I got rid of it—just uh, a lot of, a lot of garlic and a lot of juice.
0: That's kind of what happened to me. here actually, this week I was actually very <laughs> sick, and I thought I had the coronavirus. I thought I was going to die, and then three days <laughs> later, I'm resurrected like Jesus. <laughs>
1: Hey, what happened yesterday? What happened to your – let's talk about yesterday's oh, guest. no.
0: I don't even know what happened to that guy. We were supposed to bring someone on here, by the way, boys and girls, for those out there listening. We were supposed to interview another gentleman, but he had some sort of um episode, to be honest with you, and I hope he's okay. I'm not sure if he's going to take himself to the hospital to get some sort of um medical check. I don't know, but the guy couldn't hold his thoughts. Um He couldn't really – concentrate or focus, he seemed to have some sort of a mental disability going on at the time.
1: Now, when you say that, is that your perception, like as he was talking to you, like, is that what you got?
0: That's sort of the vibe I got. There's some sort of mental illness that sort of uh, just came over and plagued the man.
1: <laughs> well, you know what? It is what it is. It was unfortunate, but you know what? Um, it was unfortunate for me because I was, you know, I was like all excited. Yeah, oh, your sight <laughs> and I was psyched, too, man. I,
0: I was excited, and I'm sorry about that, but sometimes some people, ah, no. you know, they, they say they're going to do it, and then something happens to them. And matter of yeah, fact, it's Mike, all
1: good, Michael. It's all good. Don't worry about it. M-
0: matter of fact, man, there was four other people that I had in mind, and all of them are sick right now.
1: No kidding.
0: They're all wow. legitimately sick, though. They're not making it up. Something is going on with these folks.
1: <laughs> well... You know it's been a rough uh, a rough winter. I'll tell you, I was sick really bad in the beginning of January. I ended up having to take myself to the emergency room. I was so sick uh I was telling you that story the other day when you and I were talking on the phone yeah but uh you know. It, it, I, I think it's just been one of those, one of those winter seasons and, uh, it has. aside, aside from the coronavirus, I think that, uh, it was just a rough, rough winter and we're, we'll all get through it. But I was really fascinated by what you had told me yesterday about the, uh, the guest, the, uh, the guest canceling and for what reasons he canceled. Um, nonetheless, uh, I'm happy to be here. You know, I missed the first two days, but. Here we are, and uh, we're going to be on a normal schedule from here on in.
0: Exactly. And, of course, I have to take this time now and say I hope all of you wish Mr. David Dees well. He is not in a good place right now, boys and girls. He is actually battling stage four cancer, melanoma cancer. Oh, man. Yeah. So, you know, I, I was reading about Mr. David Dees here. Uh, he left us a, a lengthy Facebook post, and I'm reading this, Mike. And I got to tell you, man, it got dusty in the room.
1: It's a this is a listener of yours?
0: He's been on the show, David Dees. He's a well-known, I guess, artist, to be honest. He, he's an illustrator, and a lot of people have seen his work out there. And to be honest, Mike, a lot of people think I'm just really cold-hearted motherfucker. And, you know, I usually yeah. am. But when it yeah. comes to people getting sick and having cancer, you know, you bring that shit up to me. Like, I might even cry. Mm. That's just the way I am. I I don't, I don't understand. Maybe I'm a humanist, but you know, when someone is suffering, you know, that hurts me. I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe it's because my family has a history of cancer as well. Maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know.
1: That's possible. Uh, Lord knows I've been through it enough times. Exactly. You Um,
0: also faced that as well, Mike. And we've talked and I've told you, man, I I feel terrible that you had to go through all that. And that shit fucks me up too. Seven times.
1: Seven times.
0: Seven times. God damn.
1: Yep, since when I, it all started when I was 16 years old. Um, and then like every like eight to 10 years or so, I'd have another episode of some sort. And, uh, I have been through it. Um, I've had cancer seven times. I've had chemotherapy. I've had radiation. I had surgery. Um, uh, one, two, two, three. Two of the episodes were malignant, but the rest were all, I'm sorry, two of the episodes were benign. Uh, and the rest were all malignant tumors. So, um, I've had my share, and, uh, the last time I had it was in, uh, I had surgery in November 2016. Um, and, uh, that was a very difficult time for me, and it still is, to tell you the truth. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> um, but, uh, yeah, you know, you keep going. You gotta right? keep trucking, what, what right?
0: You gotta keep going.
1: You gotta keep going. Life is for the living, and you gotta, Got to make your way in this world. By the way, the artist that you mentioned—where is this person from? What what state?
0: I think he, I think he's in Colorado right now. Colorado. I think that's currently Austin. where he's at. But he'd like
1: to check out his work.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll send you his info. Hell, Please maybe soon. maybe I could even bring him in here soon. Okay. Yeah. So you guys. Well, can I,
1: I I wish him all uh-huh. the luck. I I hope. You said stage four.
0: Stage four, man
1: jeez. Oh, I told him it's um,
0: the bottom of the ninth and you need to do something here. He was telling me what the doctors wanted him to do. And he was scared. He was saying that he doesn't want to be paralyzed and this and that. And I told him that. I said, this is the bottom of the ninth, buddy. You got to go and fucking do it.
1: Yeah. You got to. It's you like know, a Hail Mary. Exactly. And, and sometimes, you know, I, I knew a girl, an ex-girlfriend of mine she ended up getting breast cancer oh, no. and she she didn't want to go through the procedures to get the treatments and she was going to do the whole thing homeopathically i think it's the right way to say it homeopathically correct you're good uh, and i couldn't believe it when she said she had turned down getting the the treatments like she didn't want it she she got the surgery but she didn't want to get the chemotherapy or the radiation therapy and uh eventually it just developed and it got worse and worse and worse and now she's dead.
0: That's terrible. And yeah. you also told me about another girlfriend of yours who basically kicked the bucket in a very, very awful way, Mike. I'm not sure if you can yep. share that story, but I, I really want you to because that is uh, heavy.
1: I um back in two, between two thousand four, I think it was, or two thousand three, uh I had started hanging around with a girl that eventually I I went steady with. Uh, in t- between 2006 to 2007 beautiful girl just stunning beautiful uh, psychotic but ha, uh, beautiful ha, ha. yes um, and uh, she had a lot of psychological issues right right um, you know uh, probably borderline schizophrenic or whatever mm. it may be but you know she was one of these girls who were so good looking that guys did everything for her and she got so used to that Um, that when she came into my world, I was like, no, no, I don't, I don't do that. You know, I don't, I don't cater to every little fucking thing that a a woman wants. Uh, You know, you show me respect. I give it, I give it right back to you. So she didn't like that too much. So we, she used to battle me a lot and eventually we parted ways, um, particularly after I found out that she was screwing around behind my back. Um, And uh, like right after that, she, uh, she ended up committing suicide, put a bag over her head. And suffocated herself. And and for the record, I've had, I think, five or six girlfriends that I've gone with that are now dead. Holy shit. So I could
0: yeah, say that's it. what I say. That's what I say as well. My God. I was having trouble finding that sound drop here. <laughs> I'm like, where's the holy <laughs> well, shit very, sound
1: drop? Very appropriate. But uh, yeah, six, six, uh, five or six girls that I've dated in the past, they all died.
0: Are you under um, uh, investigation, Mike? that's a joke
1: (laughs) (laughs) no fortunately no um uh you know some of the girls uh, one girl was killed in an accident car accident another one was found dead in a park uh one died of cancer another one actually another one i don't know if she died of cancer or what she she went to bed and died in her sleep basically
0: life life happened
1: probably yeah most likely um, but yeah, suicide with the one and the rest were all freak accidents.
0: By the way, um, Visions of Valkyrie says, Mike, you need to write another book.
1: Wow. Who is that? Visions of Valkyrie? Correct. Well, Visions of Valkyrie, I thank you very much. I appreciate that. I, I would love to. Um, however, I just recently sold out of the, the last re-edited or I should say re-publication uh, of the last book I did, which, I, by the way, I printed myself. I didn't even go through uh, a publisher. Um, and I may – I have considered actually maybe re-releasing a third version of it with a new cover. Um and, uh, just cleaning up all the, the, the typographical errors that were in the last second edition. Uh, but I uh, to tell you the truth, the only, the only other two books I had considered doing was one of my, uh, I wanted to do like a coffee table book of my artwork and photography or one of each, like one of just my artwork and one of my photography. Like, you know, one of those, um, those big, uh, I guess 12 by 11 size books, uh, that you just, you know, it's, Colored prints, um, glossy images of artwork or photographs. I would, I had considered doing that, but that they're really expensive. That's expensive, yeah. It is, and uh, unless I had a publisher to to help me release it, I I don't think I could do it on my own unless I won the lottery.
0: <clears throat> yeah, for those that don't you don't know, you have that book, King of an Empire to the Shoes of a Misfit.
1: Right. That was an autobiography that I had written back uh, originally, uh, wrote uh, right after my experience as the lead singer for The Misfits uh, in the summer of 1998, um, where I, I toured with them in Europe and South America. After I came off of that tour, I began writing a book. It took me one year to write the entire book. One year to go through all the edits with the editor who helped me, uh, uh prep it. And then the third year, uh, I spent trying to find a publisher for it. And, um, and then it, it eventually came out, I think in November 2002, I believe, right yeah. before, yeah, mm-hmm. right That's before right. 2003. So, um, uh, I re released it. Uh I, I, I in two thousand fourteen I went in and I re edited the whole thing, new cover, new artwork, new pictures in the book. Uh and then I, I put it out on my own. Um so the book has since sold out. And though I have considered republishing it or reprinting it, um, I just haven't gotten around to it yet. I got other things on my mind that I'm, I'm currently trying to deal with. So, you know, maybe in the future, eventually. I might
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Maybe, maybe. And I'll tell you the truth. I, huh. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but I had an idea of publishing another book about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I love that. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. Amen. i'm in <laughs> not necessarily about me or the empire well more about me but not about specifically the empire hideous or any fire particular whore, band. Whore, just, you know
0: it. <laughs> sorry i thought it was appropriate uh, go ahead
1: uh just uh a book about a guy and the sexual experiences he's had and the drugs and the rock and roll i love that yeah, yeah. So that's a good read. it's a work. In, it's, it's an idea in process. Uh, I haven't really committed myself in any way.
0: Well, Mike, I think it's almost time. I think everyone wants to hear that.
1: I hope so. That's a, good, would that's be a nice. seller.
0: That's a seller, my friend and friend of show contributor. What happened on Twitter account, Michael? He's wondering why I was suspended by Twitter for oh, yeah. a couple
1: hours. What happened?
0: Well, you know, I was uh, having fun with a few SJWs. And then one uh, guy, he is a host of a show. I won't even say the name of the show because it stinks on fucking ice. And I, I told this <laughs> random guy, I just said, that guy stinks. And all of a sudden, this other fucking retard joins in. And it's, it's actually the host, which is the, the most incredible part is because anytime I trash uh, any host out there, word gets around back to them, which I think is amazing, by the way. I, I love that. That actually is quite flattering that my word somehow returns back to that individual every time from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows every time.
1: Well, it, it, correct me. Well, please educate me because I don't know anything about tweeter. Uh, I don't I don't have it. I don't use it. I do know nothing about it. Well, so if when you,
0: you well, if you piss someone off, you know, if you say something to someone and, and they get their little their little feelings hurt and they cry. They report you, and that's exactly oh. what happened. So this guy, you know, he was asking me why I thought he was a hack. So I explained yeah. to him right away in a very vicious, uh, colorful way why I thought he was a hack. And I pretty much <laughs> laid it out for him. And the next thing I know, the pussy actually reported me on Twitter. Wow. You and know, then I got to ask, did mm-hmm. he
1: respond to you like, you know, you suck and you, your voice sounds like crap? Did he say anything like that to you?
0: No. So he, he he had nothing. Didn't say
1: anything bad.
0: No, he had nothing.
1: Ah, uh, so he was basically a wimp.
0: No, he's a mark for the show. That's why he said uh, he didn't know who I was or the show, and I just thought, dude, you go take some more of your pills. Maybe you'll remember. <laughs> no, I talked to this fucking retard before many years ago, and he was a mark back then, and he's still a fucking mark now. And uh, you know, come on, it's it's a joke. He's a joke. The sh- his show is a fucking joke. It gets no views. It's pathetic. He's, he's a beta male basically and an SJW and he reported me. But the, the good thing is I got an email from Twitter and I simply said, this guy's a mark. That's all I said. And all of a sudden I'm unsuspended from Twitter. Wow. I really put that. I just put he's a mark. So, <laughs> it was pretty amusing. What is,
1: what is this? What does this guy have? Like a like a, a YouTube visual show or, or a radio show?
0: No, he has a radio show, but it, the ratings are so bad. I don't even understand why he doesn't quit.
1: Mm, is he just starting out?
0: No, he's been around. Been around. He's been wow. around, but he's got low T. Low T. Low T and low ratings.
1: Is that Low testosterone. What does That's that mean? right.
0: Low yeah. Tea? Low testosterone. OK. <laughs> he's, a, he's a blue shoe guy soon. unfortunately but yes um, that's what happened then twitter was on my side and unsuspended me and now i'm back to having fun good isn't that lovely
1: i i was under the impression that your your uh end of day show got uh pulled well there's
0: no there's no end of days anymore this is the michael deacon program now we have cut End of days out. It's a uh, oh, so too closely that extended that- with uh, other unfortunate parties out there who I consider beta. Too many other shows out there use the name, and those shows kind of stink on
1: ice too. Gee, I wish you would have told me that earlier because I was under the impression this must be recent. Because uh, only what the last time we I I did the show with you, I'm pretty sure you had the Michael Deacon program, and under, underneath the the logo it said End of Days.
0: Not anymore. Times have changed.
1: And I believe you. I'm just saying it, it must be recent because I thought that it was uh, – This was, is um, I, I much I mean, I remember more, um, seeing it just this a, is, a month ago. This
0: is much more marketable.
1: I agree. I totally agree. I was – tell you the truth, Michael, I was hoping you would drop that name. I really was. But um, well, we because have. Because I think – say again?
0: I said, well, we have.
1: I know. And, and I'm glad you did because I think the Michael Deacon program is a much better sounding uh, uh, title for the show. And ditching end of days, I think, was a better move. That's the best
0: move. That's right.
1: Good. I'm glad you feel that way.
0: And Mike, I have to tell you, we were talking about these exes of yours, and I'm sure me and you have gone through some pretty wild women in our times, (laughs) and that's going to (laughs) continue. And Mike, I got to tell you, Mike. There is an article I read recently about a Florida woman, an Instagram model, 23 years old, who had some sort of a bad breakup and was arrested for murder. She is an Instagram model, 23 years of age, and she allegedly shot her ex-boyfriend 15 times, killing him outside of his home. Mike, thank God you've never had experienced something like that. Uh, One of my worst fears is waking up with a knife to my fucking throat. And, you know, I, I expressed that to John McAfee before when I interviewed him. And strangely enough, the man has actually woken up with a knife to his throat before. Uh, my God, Mike,
1: that's, well, that's scary. It is. And, and you know, as you, you well know, uh, just about two years ago, I did date uh, Satan's daughter. and um, Whatever
0: happened uh, to her, I, man, I was going to ask you. I mean, at one time oh, she, she was she, trying to friend me on Facebook and I thought, uh, you know, Mike, uh, I got to. You're kidding. Yeah, I, I had to tell you. Well, I didn't tell you.
1: No, you didn't tell me. I didn't accept. She because she's seen shit.
0: I had a feeling that she was gonna try to her. her, Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say she was probably gonna try to trash you or something.
1: Oh, she does that to everybody. She's she's tried to befriend my ex-wife. Oh my god. uh, She she has since befriended one of my ex-girlfriends, who who, by the way, I dated in freaking high school. um, And when. Satan's daughter was around she you know calling this girl every name in the book any girl I dated was you know a slut a whore or this a that a see you next Tuesday oh my. and all these names but now she's hanging out with one of those girls she's uh since dated I believe two of my ex band members so you know what dude case whatever uh she's she's out of her mind I, I got nothing to say about her. Let's she, move on.
0: I know I was gonna quickly say has she tried to resurface yet
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, as, soon I, as, the restraining order, as soon as the restraining order uh, was lifted off of her after six months, like the like literally like the day after oh my she God. writes back, no, I'll <laughs> always love you. I used to love you. Oh, baby. no. You know, it's such a such a like get over yourself. You know, like you're you're going through my past. Oh, God, whatever. That I'm is so terrible. Sick
0: of I know. I'm she, sorry she about told, that.
1: She totally tore me apart on Facebook. She did. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And and call and, and saying all the, all this private stuff that I, you know, that her I entrusted her with uh, to keep between us even though, you know, even though we had broken up, and just blabbing it away. Like just just total childish bullshit. And and it's so disappointing because um She was trying to Me Too
0: you, Mike, before there was a Me Too movement. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. Well, everything was a Me Too with her. Everything.
0: You're your patient uh, zero here.
1: Yeah, <laughs> all she did was come, you know, just the victim. The victim. Everything she was a victim to. Yeah, the victim so, mentality.
0: You're going to find a lot of that. Yeah, believe me, I, I know a lot her. of grown men. Even the ones I parted ways on this show have felt that victim mentality, and I thought, ugh, yuck, fuck off, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I don't play that shit. I don't. I don't like anyone who has that victim mentality. It's ugh. I just want to spit yeah, well, on the floor.
1: I, I tried my best. I tried my best. I really did. Let it be known. Let the record show that I did everything within my power to try to accommodate the needs, uh, uh, her needs. But, you know, nothing was good enough. And now she's, like I said, she's going through my past, all my, my past friends and, and like hanging out with people that I've known. Oof. Just things that I, would, I would never, never do yeah. to an ex girlfriend. Shady, man. Just, just pitiful like shaming n- embarrassing crap my ex-wife called me up she's like what the fuck is wrong with this girl
0: oh man <laughs> the ex-wife even got involved that's not good
1: but because she was trying to the, she was trying to befriend my ex-wife
0: yeah the, well that's what they do
1: oh god how could you even do that to somebody it's beyond me
0: people are scumbags uh, I, man
1: I would never, I would never do the things that, that were done to me by her. Never.
0: By the way, Visions of Valkyrie says love is a battlefield.
1: Got that right there, <laughs> Visions of Valkyrie.
0: And, of course, we have Oscar Langley saying love is fake. Dishwashers are forever. That's the spirit, right?
1: <laughs> until they break down.
0: Yeah, until they break down.
1: I don't and- think love is necessarily fake, though. Do you think that, Michael?
0: Do you think love is real? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. no. Love is a
1: choice. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. Love is a choice. Um, I mean let, let, let's let's look at it from a scientific view, okay? Animals, all right? Let's start with animals. Okay. There are animals that pair up and they become uh, somewhat monogamous for their for a duration of their life. However, the, there are recorded episodes of males going to other females to uh to impregnate them with their seed. So it's not completely uh, monogamous relationships with certain animals, such as wolves, I believe, uh, mute swans, um, other various, uh, animals that, that pair off for life. Um, so, uh, when a human gets into love, uh, it's a choice that they, uh, that, that the humans make to say, all right, well, we're going to be monogamous together, even though, and, and you know, I'm right when I say this, Michael, even though the male species is, uh, the instinct of the male is to populate and yeah. carry on his seed to another female. Um that's just the way it is. I'm not trying to be sexist, I'm not trying to be an asshole, I'm simply stating scientific fact. Okay? It's humanity that makes the decision to love. Animals don't do that. They pair, but they don't love. They don't it's just love. like they don't yeah. they don't have greed, they don't have um pure hatred animals fight they'll kill because it's instinct uh they 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 stay with one creature uh, one uh, uh of their other species i'm sorry they'll stay with one of the opposite sex of their species because it's it's a it's a the right thing to do and again it's instinct humanity is the only species that you know we're plagued by our own emotions anger jealousy greed uh even love. Uh, hate you know all these things that they get in the way of of humanity progressing one of the biggest problems i believe uh, are is religion uh without religion getting in the way could you imagine how far we would be in science that's true good point if we if we didn't hate each other like each country and ethnicity hates each other and don't tell me they don't cuz they do uh, all these countries that hate each other and hate the Americans and hate the Jews and hate the Afghans and hate the Russians, hate the Chinese, the Japanese, the Taiwanese, the Mexicans. Everybody's, you know, they're all better than you. So, could you imagine how far we would go if we all worked together scientifically?
0: We would go far, Mike, without any of these issues that these humanistic issues that are not exactly as important as we make them out to be, Mike.
1: That's because. Particularly with religion, uh, it was started many, many years, tens of thousands of years ago. Um, you know, the gods in the sky, gods of lightning, gods of sun, gods of rain, and you know, we utilize that because mankind was uneducated back then, and we didn't understand what the world was about. So we create these things to make us feel safe and and uh, happy, so to speak, and secure. Right, and eventually uh as it passed into the uh the 18th uh, 17th century, 18th century, 19th century, 20th, 21st, we're still believing that there's a guy in the sky wearing a robe and a long beard hanging out with a bunch of angels with wings and that there's, you know, a, a horned, tailed, uh red-skinned demon in the core of the earth with a bunch of other demons um with pitchforks. So it's just it's it's insanity. It's it's total fantasy. Um again, you give me proof and I'll believe it. But don't tell me that there's a there's a a guy in the sky who's created everything. I'm sorry. When I look through the telescope and I look at another galaxy like Andromeda or even another star that's like a hundred thousand light years away, don't tell me that God created that. That's just it's improbable. And, and probably
0: w- and Mike, what do you have to say to those individuals who say, but what about intelligent design?
1: So what exactly would that mean?
0: Well that's a good question. There's different people who <laughs> bring up different uh variables of that, but you know, in terms of intelligent design, I don't I don't see it that way. But then again, I'm an atheist, so of course I don't see it that way.
1: And well, Mike, well, what, 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 and Mike what, you're a saying <laughs> Yeah, but what would intelligent design what, what would it be? What what does that mean? Intelligent design?
0: Well, intelligent design, you know, that's the theory that life or the universe cannot have arisen by chance.
1: Oh, I, I, someone I must have
0: created it in the sky somehow. That's, no, no, that's kind I of disagree. the classic definition somebody would probably say to you.
1: If I may, my, my interpretation of life is this I firmly believe that humanity is a cosmic accident and. Eventually, if we don't get ourselves off this planet to another habitable planet, we will eventually become extinct because eventually our sun will grow to a size where it destroys all life on Earth. And that's that.
0: Exactly, And that's something I've always uh, wondered about myself, that eventually the sun will have to take us away and humans, the human race will have to somehow find a way off this giant island called Earth. That's right. Eventually, we're going to have to, and man, do I ever wish I can be there to see the Earth destroyed from another, (laughs) of course, from another another part of um, the galaxy, but I really want to be there when this island is destroyed. As cold as that may sound, I think it's going to be beautiful. I've had these dreams, Mike, these very apocalyptic dreams where the sky opens up, and these are like black and white dreams, but once that sky opens up, it's like a kaleidoscope of of colors very interesting concept yeah it's very trippy
1: well you know eventually i mean it's going to be billions of years from now but unless either a we're going to get hit by a massive uh meteorite or asteroid whatever you want to call it uh, or comet that's going to slam into this earth and destroy everything as we know it including us there's no doubt about it eventually there's an asteroid out there with our name on it, and of eventually course. it's it's headed here. Um, don't you want to be there to see that?
0: But don't you want to be alive to actually see it happen from a, a distance?
1: If it happens, Michael, I mean, depending on what your definitions definition is of wanting to be here to see it, if you're on this planet, you're not going to survive because it, it not, will yes. affect in the entire world. And and uh, as as amazingly glorious as a, a chaotic. Event, uh, chaotic, catastrophic event like that would be. Uh, And believe me, there's there is beauty in chaos. But uh, as as chaotic as it may be, it's 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 going to wipe us all out. Now, now that's just saying if a meteor or a comet or something hits the Earth. Let's just say for another twenty thousand years we go without getting hit by a major asteroid. That still means we have to beat human population, which we're already up to seven point eight. Billion people, all right? And we, it, the population has exploded since the early 1800s, all right? Of I think course, by the yeah. early 1800s, we had hit 1 billion people on Earth. And ever since then, uh, I think it took 130 years to reach another 200, uh, 2 billion, and then another 60 years to hit 3 billion, so on and so forth until we hit 7.8. So, um, I'm, what I'm getting at is this. We have to still surpass the overpopulation of humanity. We're like a plague on this earth. We're like, we're like fleas on a, on a dog. We are okay? cancer. That's right. And eventually we're going to die, but the earth will continue to grow. Yeah. It doesn't, They've said that the it, earth doesn't they, give
0: they, a fuck about humans for sure.
1: That's right. And it just like it didn't give a fuck about dinosaurs no, or the other variations of prehistoric animals that were on this planet. And I forget how many different Errors of of life we've had that have been destroyed or gone extinct, and here we are for what the last oh I don't know hundred thousand years as humanity. Um, but eventually, you know, everything goes the way of ashes in, 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 on this planet. So you know we're gonna have to get through all these things, and and I really we we may end up destroying ourselves with a nuclear war. Never know. Now that we've now that we know how to split the atom. I'll tell you, I, I, I really wish sometimes that I was born in a, a much simpler time. Sometimes I wish I was born in like the 1800s uh, or even the 1700s. Uh, I, I firmly believe that I would have been probably uh, a, a student of like Tchaikovsky. Do you or think you would have been eight- happier
0: though, man, going through that?
1: I think so you too because, so? you know, uh, as, as cool as some of the, the digital uh, technology that we have today, like television, computers, internet, all that shit some of it is just bringing the it's just bringing us down because you know you see every time I, i'm i'm on the road i see kids getting out of school they all got their heads down looking at their cell phones life is just passing them by you know i grew up in a time in, in the 70s and the 80s when we didn't have all that jazz we went out and we we played and you know rode our bicycles and played ball and football and we'd hang out on the streets at night and You know, it was a different time. Now everybody stays inside and they're they're on their fucking computer. I can't can't stand it.
0: Well, I mean, it's not going to be any different from what we're going to experience now, according to the (laughs) CDC.
1: (laughs) I know. But you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, I get you, man. Of course. We have to go. There's so many things that could possibly happen. A a plague, you know, a virus. Who knows? Uh, But I sincerely doubt we'll ever get visited by another Species from outer space, like another living species, because we're, it's such a vast distance between us and another potential, um, solar system with a planet that, that contains higher intelligence than us. Um, I just don't think that anybody is, is capable of traveling at light speed. It's just, it's not capable. We're not capable of doing it. At least we aren't. Maybe, maybe another species is, but even if, if they are, when they get here, are they really going to kill us and eat us?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they don't even want anything to do with us.
1: Probably not. I know I wouldn't.
0: I wouldn't either, to be honest. We're not exactly that special to begin with.
1: We certainly aren't. No way. There's no way. And like I said, that's why I think we're a cosmic a- accident. We are purely here because the the science, or for lack of a better term, uh, the genetic soup, if you will, uh, of life— brought the microbes to this planet through a comet uh, and brought water with it. And that's how life began, purely by accident, completely by accident.
0: That seems to be the, most, no, the most sense of it all, to be honest with you. Once you well, fully understand science and the way things work, you would have to perhaps come to the conclusion that panspermia is definitely how we came to be.
1: No doubt. I, I, I sincerely don't believe in God. I don't, I don't
0: believe in creationism there's. at all, by the way. And we do have a no. Kent, uh, we, we do have someone of notable fame who is a hardcore creationist, Kent Huben. Uh, he has this, uh, <clears throat> this theme park, by the way, and he's going to be a guest on the show soon. He was supposed to come back here a long time ago. And my God, Mike, I can't wait for, for you to talk to this gentleman. <laughs>
1: Good, good. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. But, you know, I, I'm totally respectful. I, you know, if that's what you believe, that's fine. Um, I respect that.
0: But he's a young earth creationist, by the
1: way. Okay. And you know what? That's fine. But He's I'm very to well say that known. W- the day he dies, he's going to notice that when he opens his eyes, it's going to be black and it, there's not going to be any angels or or, or guys on, on clouds with robes. It's just no pearly gates. They call Nothing. him
0: he goes by the name Dr. Dr. Dino.
1: Dr. Dino, huh? Does that mean he's into dinosaurs? Yes,
0: he has like this theme park. It's just a man and dinosaur together.
1: Oh, he's one, one of, of these them. guys.
0: One of these guys. Six thousand six thousand years old kind of guy.
1: Right. That's okay. Right, right. Okay.
0: So that's the yeah, vibe. You, you,
1: you mm-hmm. try to tell me that the the, the planet is six thousand years old, give or take, and that we were on the same planet with dinosaurs and i'm sorry but take a look through a microscope and focus on andromeda which is the closest uh galaxy to our milky way and it's something like oh i don't know i i, I might be wrong in this this uh number but something like 150,000 light years away you realize how far that is like like Pretty far, comp- yeah. <laughs> comp- trying to <laughs> comprehend the distance of the galaxies is just it's mind-boggling. It hurts my brain.
0: It's very so, crazy, yeah.
1: Yeah, so to tell me that we walk like you know, we were created by dust from God and the rib the mud take- yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on. It's just it's a it's a fantasy, man. It's a fantasy. How many times I can say it here? Show me the proof and I'll believe it. That's why science is above all. It shows you the numbers.
0: The numbers and of course, you have to have tangible evidence to prove and back up your claim, and lots of times these folks really don't have anything substantial no. to back up any of their claims
1: no because it's all blind faith that's why we're supposed to believe a book that was written uh seventeen to eighteen hundred years ago by people who we don't even know if they actually existed you know I, there's no yeah. there's no solid evidence that Jesus Christ walked this this earth, none at all. <clears throat> um, you know, I've read up, I've read many books on it. Uh my particular uh favorite books are the books that say that he did exist but ended up having children and, you know, left uh left Israel uh, or Jerusalem for Gaul, which was France at the time. And um, you know, had children and that there's a possible bloodline protected by the priory of Sion. So I kind of dig that kind of conspiracies theory, but I, I can't, I can't be an audience to the theory of create cre- creationism. I hear did you. Did I say it right?
0: Yes, you did. And Mike, I'm, I'm running or I'm living on shattered faith, to be honest with
1: you. In what way?
0: In every way. Faith is the absence of evidence, in my opinion. I'm not are sure. Are we if you speaking, agree. Stri- are we
1: speaking strictly about, uh, religion? Yes, we are. Well, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Blind faith.
0: Yeah, I'm not with that.
1: You can't be. How can you?
0: And Mike, I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to move on for a moment here, but someone caught my eye. Uh, someone in the chat room caught my attention just now and it sort of made me giggle and I had to mute myself a moment (laughs) ago. (laughs) Yes. Uh, let me find it. I think they said something about Mike Ness from social distortion. Uh, Okay. did, Did you ever meet him?
1: I wish I did. I really like him, but I never did. No.
0: So you never met him?
1: No. Is he, is he a changed man?
0: No. I, I was just going to say every time I've heard something about him, people say he's a dick.
1: <laughs> I've heard the same.
0: Yeah. Well, he, he probably is not so friendly.
1: It's possible, I but you know what? That. I don't really care. Uh, yeah. I, I respect him. I love his music. Sure, too. And I, I think he's gone from a hardcore punk rock guy to rockabilly to whatever he is now. And I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for him.
0: And someone else, she blinded me with science. Says, has Mike ever meet Thomas Dolby? Jello, Olby?
1: you know Jello from DK? Jello B. Offer. What about yeah. him? Yeah, you met him, right? I never met him, but I did see the Dead Kennedys play. Uh, back in the eighties, uh, which was one of the most violent, awesome hardcore show. I was a hardcore punk back then. I was I was straight edge, you know, back when I was like uh, how old was I back then? twenty you,
0: you were straight edge back in back when you were like twenty.
1: Uh be actually between the ages of like seventeen and twenty one. I was wow. straight edge. Wow,
0: how is that even possible? <laughs> wow. Well, you know,
1: I was I was a young punk rocker. Um I, I started out Sorry. Go ahead. I was no, saying, ahead.
0: I was saying wah-wah-wee-wah, wah, wah, like bull rat.
1: <laughs> yeah, I started out, like, like for a lot of the kids, or I should say my generation back then, it was like, you know, your first thing you got was uh, "Never Mind the Bollocks by the Sex Pistols. Then you got um, uh, Plastic Surgery by the Dead Kennedys. And then you moved on to Black Flag, Damage, and everything after that. So that was the three steps you took in punk rock. Um and I was no different, you know. I from, from high school, uh I went in my fresh my freshman and sophomore year. Freshman year I was still like kind of a metalhead, Judas Priest, uh ACDC, uh Motley Crue, Kiss, all that stuff. And by sophomore year, I I discovered bands like Gary Newman, B fifty twos, and I really started getting into new waves, psychedelic furs. Uh, David Bowie. Damn, you were a hipster
0: and, before it was being called the hipster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, those bands were great back
0: then. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, was, they were good.
1: You know, even bands like U2 were still, like, awesome. They oh, were, how you know, dare playing you? Playing clubs.
0: That's one band I, I just can't – I just despise.
1: And, and that's cool. You know, they've gone a different way now. But back in the 80s and oh, the early the 80s, 80s right, they were a right, different band.
0: Right. I'm talking about the more, the, the more recent rendition of U2. I just can't stand. It just stinks. And I,
1: I totally agree with you. But aside from them, what I'm getting at is, you know, these bands. Uh, you know, I started getting into them, and then by junior year, uh, I was still into new wave. But and then by senior year, I was totally punk rock, and then got into the hardcore thing. And then uh, then I started changing into the death rock thing. T.S.O.L., uh, Alien Sex Fiend, you know, Batcave death rock uh the misfits, uh you know, so I was all getting into the horror thing, wearing black clothes, doing the devil lock haircut. And um and then I I grew up.
0: <laughs> you grew up yeah you started wearing a suit.
1: That's right. <laughs> you started wearing a I, tiny
0: hat in New York. A tiny
1: hat, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you started with a good I, I boy. Still,
1: I still love all that music and uh but there was a point in time when I was straight edge and oh my I God. didn't drink. I didn't smoke. Um and then eventually, when I, I turned 21. So,
0: wait, wait a, uh, a minute, Mike. Wait a minute. So, you weren't drinking and you weren't smoking. So, how were you having fun? That's what I want to know.
1: Oh, I had fun. Uh, we used to go out on like like weekends driving in my car, me and my friends, and we used to look for uh, roadkill. And we would go hack off the heads of the roadkill that we found, like possums and raccoons and squirrels and whatever. And then we'd, you know, we'd take them back to my house. That's the
0: coronavirus. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Um, we would take them back to my place, and we would peel the skin off and, and collect the skulls. Oh that my was, God. that was the thing we could do. Yeah, we we were having fun back then.
0: You could add that to one of your sets, Mike. <laughs> couple couple raccoon skulls going on, and actually, you know, that's something I wanted to implement here on on the program, and I wanted to talk to you about that. Uh, create some sort of set behind me, and we could have all kinds of uh, dead animals and shit like that, and uh, upside hmm. down uh, crosses and all this wild shit here.
1: Well, Lord knows I have plenty of skulls and bones and gargoyles. Yeah, we so.
0: need to do that, man. I need, I need to set up something like that and have this room all smoky and make it look all make it look all you know wild.
1: Yeah, I didn't know you were into that sort of thing. I I, I just didn't picture you being a. I'm gonna dress guy up. In,
0: I'm gonna wear a top you're hat. Dress I, up? I'm gonna wear a cape and I'll look look insane. Yeah,
1: look like Zachary.
0: Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. I think people watching for the first time they'll be thinking, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Why I, I, find I, uh,
1: I think that would be a good thing. Actually, I I kind of uh, I endorse that very much.
0: It'd be great. And I was thinking you would be the man uh to talk to 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 get the the creative juices flowing, as they say in the biz.
1: Indeed, indeed. I can even get two of my. I have two full skeletons. Actually, one is real, and one is uh uh, uh resin.
0: I kind of want the two real full one.
1: Skeleton. Yeah, the the real one I got from a biology teacher. Oh shit. Um, Yeah, an ex-girlfriend of mine, her aunt was a biology teacher, and they were getting rid of this skeleton that was completely dilapidated, like just broken pieces. Like, you know, the students screwed around with it. had a hole in the head, in the back of the head. I redid the whole thing. I I patched it up. I fixed all the broken limbs that weren't connected, like the the arms and everything, and uh, rewired them. And then I shellacked. The entire skeleton, and now I still have it uh, hanging up in in uh, my music room in my home here.
0: That sounds pretty cool. Yep, that sounds pretty good. And Mike, I have to say, we are almost running out of time here, sir. We are almost running out of time, and my God, Mike, I'm looking back uh, at all these messages here about the coronavirus. That people still want me to talk about that. I'm not quite sure. Uh, we we sort of already covered that, and we sort of sort of uh, brought the house down very much like a quarantine hospital in China.
1: It, well, uh, it, it, you know what to end off on a, on a note, it is my personal opinion that yes, yes this is a serious thing. However, can't can't stop living simply because of what's going on. So in my personal opinion, I think people should stop listening to the mainstream media and um go back to your radios. Listen to what the news is on radios because you don't have people on the the mainstream uh, cable network news uh, telling, giving you opinions rather than journalism. Uh, they they instead of giving you the journalist version of what the news is, they're giving you opinions and that's not journalism. So uh, all I'm saying is that yeah, it's serious, but at the same time you got to lose use your common sense here. That's right and. Know what the right thing to do is, you know, wash your hands, you know, try not to be in contact with people you don't know. Um, it just is what it is, man. We got to deal with it. And eventually, I guarantee you, we will get through this. I guarantee it. That's right. Mike, and Michael, if I just I, may, I've got to go tell ahead, you one ahead. thing. Since I'm your – your new co-host That's here. Right. I was really under the impression I would have to do more like of a, a Ed McMahon thing and come on as here, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome <laughs> to the Michael Deacon program, <laughs> Michael Deacon. I like that actually. You like that?
0: You might have to use that.
1: <laughs> and I, I can say things like, "Yes, sir." <laughs>
0: oh, I like that too. You like that. Oh my God. <laughs> no, but I, I do well, like you joining in more and talking and, and uh, riffing here with me.
1: Absolutely. I love it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I
0: appreciate it. So, yes, we have ran out of time here yet again, boys and girls, and we are going to take it home. I want to thank all of you out there for being a part of the program. Those of you in the chat room love all of you very much. And remember, you can get a hold of me via Twitter at Michael Deacon. Send me a message there and I'll probably respond to you. And Mike, uh, where can people find you, by the way?
1: If anybody's interested in uh – Connecting with me, you can go to Facebook, which is uh, my Facebook page is Hideous, H I D E O U S, Mike, M Y K E, Hideous Mike. Uh, And I also have a website called uh, Mike Hideous, M Y K E, hideous.com.
0: Amazing. And don't forget, if you're a fan of the program and want to help fund the program, you can always join the Patreon, Michael Deacon forward slash patreon and there is some exclusive content never before heard anywhere else so if you like the show sign up to patreon you'll get the history of this program and mike i need to actually send you that very first episode i did on patreon where i sort of covered the backstory of this show and i laid it out pretty goddamn hard (laughs) i i held nothing back okay i went wild on that one
1: I'm looking forward to it. Please send it to me. I'd like to check it out.
0: All right. The address is patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. And, of course, Mike, I will definitely send you a link to that. And, of course, international listeners out there, thank you so much for your support. You can find the podcast rendition of this program on iTunes, Google Play, CastBox, And no longer on Stitcher, they are SJWs there. Don't support Stitcher, fuck Stitcher, go to CastBox, much better. Stitcher stinks on ice. And yet again, interesting night once again. I hope all of you enjoyed it very much. And Mike, I had a ball with you, to be honest. I came alive once I turned this shit on.
1: On a night like tonight.
0: Exactly. On a night friend. like this. On, I'm a, sorry, night on like a night this. like this. You got it, my friend. You got it. And of course, I'll tell
1: you, so professional. I love it, Michael. It sounds great. Ex- absolutely great. Thank you. Thank you, my I'm friend. I'm so excited.
0: And of course, I want to thank our first guest, Jim Fetzer. That was something else. He was on the road. I was scared. I thought he was going to drive off the road. You had a Dean Ryan there at the wheel, that bad man. Who knows what could have happened? It was a, it was a, it was pretty amazing, right?
1: Oh, it's amazing, all right. I'm trying to get a word in edgewise.
0: <laughs> oh my. Indeed. Well, Jim Fetzer, he's like a Mack truck, you know?
1: No kidding. He's like got, a, he's like a non-stop train. Stop Mack Truck. Runaway.
0: He's, he's a train, my friend, and that's why we love him here. The 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 man, the myth, the legend, Mr. James Fetzer. My God. And remember, Mike, stop shaking hands with people out there.
1: I haven't shaken anyone's hand in probably four months.
0: Good man. Don't don't do it, Mike.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't see anybody where I live. Nobody visits me. I don't. I don't see anything. I Um, live in the woods, my brother. That's
0: true. That's true. You're a lucky guy, away from all these um, all these um distractions and.
1: Watch what my luck! I'll get attacked by a. I'll get attacked by a bear.
0: (laughs) A bear? Yeah, you got bears out there, man.
1: Oh hell yeah! Well, I had one in my yard uh, last winter. Actually, just before winter. Uh like I just had, I was in my back room, I was closing the blinds, I saw this gigantic black blob. And and I at first I didn't know what it was. I thought it was like the bushes had moved or something. <laughs> and then it-, it moved. And I'm like, holy crap, it was this gigantic black bear just walking through my yard. It was just amazing. Well, Mike, I yeah.
0: envy you on that one. I see people as a potential a menaces to be honest with you.
1: In your neighborhood, per se?
0: No, in life in general. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, Mike, I want you to stay safe where you are. Absolutely. I want you to say goodnight to the listeners now.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. I want to thank uh, Michael Deacon for my very first official night as co-host of the Michael Deacon program. And, um, if anyone has questions, uh, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't get to see the questions on the YouTube, um, chat room, but so if I haven't answered anything, uh, I, I apologize. Nevertheless, thank you very much for listening and we'll be back tomorrow. Right, Michael?
0: You got it. Same. Actually, we won't be back tomorrow.
1: (laughs) So we're not doing tomorrow's show. No, here's
0: what happened. That guy actually sent me an email and guess what happened to him? He's sick too now. I'm telling you, everyone's getting sick. I don't know if it's a psychological thing, but four different people are actually sick.
1: Wow. Well, if you decide you want to do the show with just you and me, let me know uh, before 8 o'clock.
0: I'll be letting you know. Mike, I will talk to you in a moment here.
1: All right, brother. All right.
0: Hang tight. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, once again, thank you so much for being a part of the program. We'll do this again ASAP and I'll let all of you know. And yes, yeah, stay safe, everyone, no matter where you are on this island earth. I'm Michael Deacon, and with that said, the world is a mysterious place and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, goodbye.